Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today this is WNR 407, it's NXT Update, and I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Monty. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine, man. I'm, I'm happy, I'm excited. Like, I, this is my first NXT pod of this year. So, like, first of all, that's a that this is a little mini milestone. And also, just like I said, it's kind of like an itch. It's like one of those little itches. Maybe sometimes it's an annoying itch that you don't want to, you just want to ignore it. But sometimes I just had an itch that I had to get NXT back going, get it back in my veins. I'm so excited. I'm ready to talk about it. And let's just get to it, man. Let's get to reviewing it, man. But I'm very, very honored and always happy to be back here for another NXT update. Well, like I said, you had a deserved break last month, and we'll look at NXT and NXT UK later. But first, the latest news. And you and I, Monty, mm-hmm. haven't got the great when it comes to certain wrestlers. We <laughs> seem to, uh, <laughs> the amount of talent that's kind of left, you know, WWE in that time. But this yeah. week, the big story, and it was, it was such a huge story as well, was, of mm-hmm. course, Cody and Brandy Rose leaving all... It started with Tony Khan issuing a statement Tuesday announcing the departures, thanking them both. Cody issued a statement as well. And then Twitter lost its fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, Monty. Yes. They're still losing it, by yes. the way, too. It's, like, it's, it's been days, and I, I still see, I'm still seeing comments and memes, frustration, some people loving it. I, I was just sitting back and enjoying it. I was, like, the morning of the announcement, I was immediately shocked because I saw Cody's post and did it, it really I had to even quote tweet it like wow like whoa because not only that but when I saw AEW just kind of reaffirm everything and then Brandy even posted and by the way it's funny how everybody involved posted the statement <laughs> like, this was all very well thought out and planned so that was another part of me in the back of my mind like okay this is a work there's something going on right but the more we hear and then you see everything else and all the other you know all the other talking points, like not even hours after the announcement, we hear about him possibly working with WWE and WWE definitely being interested or being in contact with him. So it's just like, no matter what side of the fence you sit on, this is huge news. You know what I mean? And trust me, James, I've heard and seen both sides <laughs> of the fence. You know, uh, I immediately just, I had to, I did the whoa, y'all the smoking mirror just because for some reason I just yeah. thought about his run in WWE, but I don't really even believe it, honestly, still. Like I said, I'll believe it when I see it, that part of it, but him leaving AEW and all it, it looks official. I have no clue what's going on, man. It's really, really weird, because he's been the face. Like, let's be honest, whether you like Cody or you hate or, you know, you don't like him, which a lot of people don't like Cody based on what I've been seeing. I don't, man, I didn't think he was this hated, (laughs) but he really is by, like, like I said, by both sides of the fence, but Anyway, uh, again, it's it's still big news. Like I said, he was the guy, he was the figurehead for them for, uh, you know, especially in that initial uh, push and even during the pandemic. So, like, you know, uh, it's a big deal. And where he ends up or what he does next will definitely be watched and talked about. So I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, James, uh, you can't deny this is some big – This is I don't know what how what's going to come of this, but whatever it is, it's, it's a big deal because I never would imagine that Cody would be – already, you know, uh, out of all elite wrestling, you know? Well, the thing is, this is just a massive news. Cody Rose kind of yeah. started this all off with a bet with Meltzer that he could get 20,000 people into a, an arena, and that kind of was right. the genesis 
for AEW and the stories about, you know, maybe losing a bit of booking power, uh, talent there, not really being happy with his position and stuff like this. But I think, you know, you realise how big the story is. When <laughs> the rumours are going around that Stone Cold might come out of retirement, Powell <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> so you go, oh, yeah. invested and, you know. It is... And this is like the closest we've gotten to like ever, like they've always talked about it, but this is the closest I've ever seen like the rumours speak that, that WWE wants me. So like, yeah, this is the closest I've ever think I've ever heard that Austin would be to coming back, and no one even cares <laughs> it's, 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 because of this news. So yeah, it's it's that big, you know. Uh, even the Shawn Michaels rumors don't <laughs> haven't really mattered. Like all of it, all of that sounds very realistic and cool. We'll be we'll probably watch it if it happens. But Cody love AEW. <laughs> the thing is, they even put the Undertaker in the Hall of Fame, and it's still yeah, not oh my bigger. Goodness, that's a great point. Then Cody, <laughs> nothing else has topped it. No, yeah, and like I said, days later, and they're still talking about it. This is what I'm saying, yeah. and it is it's crazy news whether it goes back to WWE or whatever it is. If it's a work by AEW, then fair play. They've got oh, me. Masterful, right? But, like, oh, think, I mean, because the thing is, the old expression, I remember Dan used to say it a lot, opinions are like arseholes. Everybody's got one. And we've seen Everybody. that with, you know, mm-hmm. Cody going back to WWE and being stardust again, which won't happen in my mind. <laughs> it's like... This is the true meaning of competition now. Like back in the day with oh, WWE yeah. and WWE, if you were a talent, you could play either one off the other and come what's best for you. And, and the best thing is, even if you only went away for a year or a couple of years, you could then go back to the other company and be refreshed mm-hmm. because of it. And, and it builds competition. It can own, you know, and it, all these AEW people might be shocked if, if talent goes to WWE and go, well, WWE are awful, but, Again, it's about money, position, and power. If they start using talents in positions, then, like you said, it could be reversed from that. It is, it's just an incredible time. The poster, as well, of uh, Revolution was changed and just blew up because <laughs> Cody was on there. Now he's not. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is it because people mention it, or has he actually said with wrestling, you just have it to wait. It took him off the website. Yeah, you just you have know, to wait yeah, a lot seeing... Of... Is even like I got Cody Rhodes figure I'm going. This is valuable now. This is they're not going to be making yeah. Cody Rhodes yeah. AEW figures. It is just a, such a a massive story. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and like I said, he was one of the like he was the main like face. Like again, he now even whether he goes to WWE or not, WWE or not, or he does his own thing. He'll be on TNT in on commercials or TBS, you know what I mean? Because he's still <laughs> doing TV shows and stuff on the channel that we know of right now. So it's like it's still going. It's so weird when you think about it. I, I just never imagined that Cody would be the like, like you said. The, if anything, I thought AEW would fall with Cody still holding it. Mm. Like you would think that's more reasonable in its inception before you would think Cody is going to leave AEW. And then, like you said, possibly go at WWE. I don't know about any of that. It sounds like a, a great thing. Even if you, I, I would have actually put that rumor, if I was Cody, I would put that rumor out, even if I have no intention of signing. Just because, like, look at how hot his name is now. Instantaneously, if you see what I'm trying to say, mm. he could be the hottest thing in the wrestling business, no matter if it's going to be because he's going to be the biggest heel in the business or if he's going to be loved or whatever. However, he can flip this however he wants to whenever he does decide to come back. Uh, he had, we know he has a young child. Maybe he wants to go do that for a little while. There's so many other options for Cody. But again, I never thought that he would be 
away from AEW. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shell-shocking news, and we'll see. Like you said, that's the only thing I think. That's the safest bet because you get your expectations too high, you're just going to be disappointed. And then if you if you don't think about what if it's a work or if you don't think about every avenue, because that's the type of business we love, that's wrestling, it's all types of avenues that, that something can take, all, all different types of turns. None of us thought CM Punk was going to actually come back. I know I didn't. I, I never thought he would show up in the AEW ring, no matter how hot AEW got, because I really thought he was done. So we know this is one. This, these last few years have been very, very unpredictable. So uh, I think it's just the, the safest option is just to wait and see and see what, how everything plays out. But either way it goes, this is big time stuff, man. And and I agree with you. If it's a work, they got it. Uh, they got me all the way, and they, and they got us all. And what and however it's gonna come back and work out. Oh my goodness! Like uh, yeah, fair play, fair play. <laughs> Which is the thing, because even. You know, people compare it to Brian Pillman, but the thing is, he did leave and not come back. Yes. So if, even if they're right. like, coded, they go, well, even with his intentions, he still left and, <laughs> yeah. you know, he never came back. So, <laughs> so if it does, it will be, like we said, incredible. And it's so big, like we said, you had to mention it on NXT Update as well, but it is NXT Update. Oh, yeah. Uh, and one of the things, uh, Monty, throughout the history of the WNR podcast uh, that we've looked at, and a lot of course NXT UK, but 205 Live has been saying that yeah, we watched the very first episode back, November 29th, it was 2016, just after the CWC. And it like forever ago, right? It is a lifetime. When, when they cared about cruiserweights, or so we thought, and you look at the talent <laughs> that was there with like Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, uh, and of course yeah. um, TJP, you know, it mm-hmm. was just incredible. Oda <laughs> um, Two of us come to a not made any effort to kind of speak about the program uh i just want to talk about quickly because this is something that we watched about 100 episodes on before we realized that we don't really care about it didn't care anymore Uh, right no but i think my favorite time period has got to be between uh buddy murphy and of course mustafa Mm -hmm. and cedric alexander which was the kind of heart and soul of the cruise divisions the matches that we're having a fantastic uh did you watch 205 live and when was your favorite period if so yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I never really got a chance to follow it weekly. But when I did, get, when I did check out some things, it was usually because someone was like, "Hey, uh, no one's talking about it." But this said, like you said, this Cedric Alexander Ali, this feud, this is some classic stuff they're doing. Or like you said, Buddy Murphy. Uh, that, I think that's a really good run. I I know Pop's run really like or Neville at the time. You know. His, I really like him as cruiserweight champion, and even though uh, WWE screwed that and kind of left a bad taste on it, he was a real a nice highlight for a time. Uh, you know, like I said, just and like the plethora of like just the different types of if you want to call it cruiserweight wrestlers, I like that it was really diverse because you had luchador style, you had like you know you had the uh, you know uh, like a British like style that you had. You had all styles of wrestling kind of represented in a different type of way on 205 Live in its original like, nice run, but uh, I'm not going to lie, I never really caught it like all the time. But yeah, 205 Live is one of those things that uh, I didn't never really in- get invested in from the beginning because it was something that historically in WWE I always knew that it would get the shaft when we got it when when other things come up. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you when when the main roster is the focus, you got to you got to work focus on trying to pay Brock Lesnar, focus on this and all that. 
to a, the cruiserweight always got got to you know never got the credit they deserve. So even when it was an idea, I said it sounds nice, but are they really gonna you know do anything with this? And uh, so the way they started to treat the cruiserweight on Raw also adversely affect affected how they looked like how or at least the the thought process about checking out 205 Live. So it was a lot of unfair stuff there, but I know it was a lot of great talent there. And the guys, uh, you know, they deserve to be celebrated, you know, and, uh, you know, for what they accomplished in that first initial run. But it, it, it did die one a slow and, you know, <laughs> a slow so death, man. painful because, death, it really yeah, was. Yeah, it was just very painful, right? Yeah, <laughs> very was... slow and painful death. I mean, don't get me wrong, the recent times as well with people like Sola Sokoa and Ivy Nile on it have been yeah. all right. And I try and like, say, catch it every now and again. But it's a bit like W main event, you know. Like uh, I think most recent right. times watching that when they had Chumper and Dunn, just to see kind of how they did. But like you said, it's a problem when they treat uh, program like that. Why kind of the fans respond that way? Yeah. Even if we look at the roster of talent that they went through, maybe Noam Dar's the only one kind of left standing. I'm sure there's a couple of others. Hey, isn't that something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And they and they didn't. They never took him seriously either. By the way, you know. Uh, so. And but yeah, he's pretty much the only one that I can think of. You know, uh, all of yeah, the, all the Lucha House Party guys are gone, and yeah, yeah, pretty much everybody. Just you know, I guess Cedric. If you like again, just Cedric. You know, Ali walked away. You know, yeah, Kendrick. Yeah. Now everybody, yeah, everybody's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Dale. That's, that's <laughs> like, what, oh, man, every name I think of. <laughs> if you ever, like, if you and I were ever going to do a podcast, it would be called "And Everybody's Gone." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need to. Hey, hey, I like that idea. If you want to do like a little side project, <laughs> everybody's gone. I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but they're all gone. I but... assure you, everyone will leave. <laughs> but well, what's in two hundred five lives place? Well, it is NXT level up. Uh, which is yeah, a okay. feature, of course, female superstars on cruiserweights and everything else in between. Uh, the latest episode had Ivy Nile teaming up and a tag team. I can't remember. Her. A partner at this moment in time, but it could be stuff like this anyway. Uh, so you look at kind of half hour and you go, probably leave it alone. Uh, but the yeah. latest on the W network as well, because like I said, you get a lot of independent shows. Uh, you of course get uh, NXT UK. The other thing that is probably the only original content once a month is the Broken Skull <laughs> session. Broken Skull, <laughs> yes. Um, this month, or oh, January 28th, we're going to look at Becky Lynch. Did you see the Broken Skull Sessions, and what were your thoughts? I did not see this one. I saw the trailer, and I've seen, uh, I've seen the trailer a billion times now at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, uh, when they were basically hyping up whatever she said about her and Charlotte's, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, I guess it's a feud or whatever they've had, so... Uh, yeah, they hyped that part up, but uh, I only reason why I have not called it, and I haven't called. As a matter of fact, I think the episode right before that one was the last episode I watched. So yeah, I just haven't had a chance to catch up and actually watch it. But I'm sure she went into some. Uh, like I'm pretty sure Austin got a lot of good got got some good stories and a lot of good information out of her. 
How did, how did you like it? How did it go for you, James? Well, we'll, look at, we'll have a look at the notes because, you know, I always yeah. look, look forward to this. And uh, Lynch did really open up on the podcast. Uh, and what's okay. really weird about her career is when she first started, she took seven years away from wrestling. And there was actually a great yeah. WWE chronicle about her that people can go check out where she mm-hmm. goes more into detail of kind of being this professional wrestler and then just going, do you know what, let me try something else. So seven-year gap. The course coming back and uh, NXT. But it's, it's really weird because they start talking about becoming the man and how she developed the character. And I think there's no better person to talk to then Stone Cold mm-hmm. about it. When you think about the right. parallels between coming up, giving a gimmick, you know, Becky was Irish jigging and, of course, the ringmaster, and then creating this kind of similar case of the man who always <laughs> up with a thing. Could it be any better? And I don't think it really could, you know, and Austin really kind of delves into that. And you see the response, you know, she's kind of taken the mic. I mean, a lot of things, Becky, hate, Becky Lynch haters, but you can't doubt how good she is on microphone very similar oh, yeah. to Stone Cold. I think you know? that's her biggest, that's that's her greatest trait at this point almost. You know, not to say that she isn't, uh, she can't back it up in the ring, but like Becky on the mic, she does a really good job. Even when it's a lackluster story that they're trying to tell, she makes, she can, she knows how to make it compelling. So yeah, I, I think that's like her greatest skill. And of course, like you said, with Austin, she has a lot in common, including that because uh, later in Austin's career, we know he couldn't, have the 30 minute, you know, fish, wrestle fish he used to have younger in his career. So he relied on his character and talking and, you know, just being the badass that he is. So, like, yeah, they have a lot in common. And I agree. I think that's, I, I want to hear more about how, how, you know, that conversation went because of what they had in common. Yeah, without a doubt. And another interesting thing is that was how old Becky Lynch was. She starts talking about, her WrestleMania match with Basler and saying she wanted to lose. Yeah. Uh, and Austin said, what, serious? And Lynch said, yeah, she wanted to drop the belt to Basler, but they didn't want her to do it to carry on. Uh, and then she said yeah. with, the, with the pandemic as well, it really helped to take leave um, to try and, you know, get away from it, forget that point in time. And, of course, the fans not being there helped out. And then we get into the good shit, Monty. Don't worry. We get to the belt exchange. <laughs> the belt exchange where we get the unedited video of actually what happened, which, again, is something that, as a fan, like 15, 20 years ago, you wouldn't believe that. This only happened a couple of months ago, and they're showing the unedited footage of Charlotte right. and, and, you know, even DeVille being really pissed off. Uh, and basically, it boils down to Lynch hating Charlotte. I mean, <laughs> this is how great it was. Just her actual hatred for who Charlotte is as a person and, and the kind of all the disrespect and the belt exchange wouldn't be quite easy. She was going as Becky two belts, but Charlotte tried saying else. And there is true hatred. Like, they used to be friends. She gets upset about talking about, you know, how close they were and having their moments in their career. And then just being on complete opposite sides now. And and to that's see a, a superstar talking about that so openly, that's not sure Michaels and Bret Hart, is pretty incredible. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that is. It is incredible. I I want to say, like, okay, so how did the unedited footage look? Did it look did it look nice and crisp? Because, like, I really, because, like, the more, when you tell me it was recorded, it's hard for me to be like, okay, this is, so you mean tell me it's not a work then because, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just so happen to catch all of that on camera. But at the same time, you know, I know I know how WWE is. If something really does happen, they are the first to want to capitalize on it, you know, make an angle out of it. So even if it was, you know, may not even be as bad 
and it looked there. It, it works in favor of the story they told. But you know what? Like I said, that is in, that's that's crazy. Like, because I do remember them appearing to be very, very close. But I can understand, you know, the road and the business. It can uh, break people apart. Like, uh, but I, that's very, very interesting that she was. Uh, I got I, can't, I got to watch. I really want to watch it now. Because <laughs> well, I want to uh, I want to get that feeling because like, I want to understand, like, you know, and just also look at her body language to see just how authentic some of that that rage is because that, that is crazy to me because, and then they, but they work so well at protecting each other too. Like, you know what I mean? Like to seriously not like someone. And then every time you have a match, I think they, I mean, you could probably get stiff at times, but I think they work well together for people, you know, like, so yeah. it's kind of funny, but yeah, go ahead. It's so interesting, <laughs> you know, and at the moment where Lynch says, you know, uh, losing at WrestleMania 32 to her best friend, giving her Charlotte a chance, was the best one of her best moments of the career, and what happened since then as well. Uh, and you really, Austin really delves into it. Like I said, you catch up with that, and the next one, which is available right now as well, yes, is Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons, which is going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> like, come on. All right. Uh, I mean, I already know what to expect. It's going to be a great talk. I think Ron is uh, just, we all know what he is. Not only is he like uh, just a history maker, trailblazer, and all of that that we all know about. But he's just uh, a solid guy, a great storyteller, too. So, like, I-, I can't wait to hear that. And, like like I said, again, anytime is anybody from not, not – it don't have to necessarily be the Attitude Era, but, like, that, that golden age of being on the road and having stories, the 90s, 80s, and all of that, I know it's going to be a good time with somebody like Austin because, you know, again, he know, he's a really, really good at getting, you know, information and getting those stories out there. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to checking this one out. Well, hopefully they pay Ron Simmons enough money so answer to a question that Stone Cold asks is just, damn! And then we can just have an hour and a half. So how did you find uh, growing up in... You know he's going to ask him where did the damn come from. You know he's going to ask him, right? And again... Who better than the originator of the what versus damn? Right. Like, that's going to yeah. be some good conversation. It's like L.A. Knight. Yeah. I want to hear Austin talk to L.A. Knight about saying, yeah, I don't understand why it's over, but it just reminds me of Austin in a way. I mean, a lot of stuff L.A. Knight does about Austin. We get that later. He, anyway. is a, he is a mini Stone Cold. You're right. Well, let's yes. go to NXT notes. And, of course, uh, you missed out on um, – the last update. So what were your thoughts yeah. on New Year's Evil and, of course, a new NXT yeah. champion? Oh, man, you know, uh, it was just, a, it was a great, it was an overall decent show, you know. Uh, I came away, uh, I, you know, I came away enjoying the Mello and Roddy match to start off. You know, it was tremendous. It had an unbelievable pace. And uh, it was just, it was a great example because, like, I like Roddy Strong and, you know, Carmelo Hayes, I keep telling you guys, Everybody, anyone who listens to me talk about NXT, that is the re- that's one of the reasons why I watch 2.0 is for Melo. So I thought that was good. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it was a triple threat on that card. Uh, and, like, Cora J looked good in that match and all of that. I remember enjoying that. But like, the, the moment, of course, the moment was Breaker becoming the champion. And, and he just looked ready. He looked more ready for this moment than the Halloween Havoc match, in my opinion. You know, I thought that match was better. I thought this the uh, the uh, New Year's Evil match was better and more fluid, and it had a little bit of the intensity to it. You know, it was a different feeling to the first to it than the first match. And you know, and I thought Breaker proved or at least showed that he has two all the tools to be big in WWE. You know, and uh, and I think 
he fit right in there with Chomper really well. And I think that, that, that bodes well for his future. And I have no problem with him becoming the champion. I think we all know that he's like the chosen one when it comes to 2.0 and, uh, you know, he didn't use the Steiner recliner, man. I love Scott Steiner, so that was. I think he finished it with the Steiner recliner. I popped for that. It was an awesome match. So yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed New Year's Eve overall. You know, uh, I think uh, even uh, Volta was he, uh, yeah Imperium fought Riddle. Yeah, that's the Riddle night. So yeah, yeah. So that that was a good match too. You know, I was surprised that Imperium lost that one, but you know, uh, but yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, I enjoyed right, this show. I think Breaker looked awesome. Like I said, breaking the NXT, the old logo before making its way to the ring. And of course, uh, after it went off the air as well, his dad being there. And like I said, Breaker looked phenomenal. But we're going to catch up with NXT quickly. We just note as well, we're going to get full review into Vengeance Day. Uh, but we're going to look at NXT January 12th. And the Dusty Classic begins. Uh, Grizzle yeah. Young Vets, Creed Brothers, Brooklyn, Enoffian Blade, Jacket Time, Chase and Booty, Legado and MSK. Uh, before we started the tournament, obviously we know we finished it now, but who were you uh, thinking was the favourites beforehand? Because I, of course, never picked the winner, so I was going Grizzled Young Vets. <laughs> uh, they burnt me. They, they, burnt, they burnt me last year, so I didn't choose uh, GYV. I was going Creed, bro. Uh, I, even from the beginning, I just knew that, uh, you know, I just know that they had a bright future, and I just thought it would be good to have a fresh team like that to win. MSK, you know, I don't think they needed it. Uh, they've been there before, of course. And, uh, you know, really young vets let me down. So I was sour on them. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think the best choice at the time was the Creed Bros. <laughs> well, the first match in the Dusty Classic with the Creed Brothers beating Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. It was messy, but the Creeds were over yeah. the crowd. Uh, and, and I quite like him as well. We had a Tony D'Angelo memorial service for Pete Dunne. <laughs> he did not spend yeah. long talking about the bruise weight. Grimes came out and uh, said he wants to fight the A champion. Grimes smashed a picture of Dunne over D'Angelo's head. I think Pete Dunne should have gone to AEW. I, I really... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, he got hit with... Oh, come on, man. You know, the crowbar. Like, come on. Oh, he's... It, I, I know what you mean, though. He deserves a lot better than what he's getting as of late. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. We're looking forward. Let's look forward. <laughs> well, we had, uh, your hope has been crushed. It has. Like. It really has. Especially <laughs> Petey Poppins. I just hate him so much. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. Petey Poppins. Just, yeah. Oh, I, know, I know. And again, Monty, I know all Americans aren't like that. Think we drink tea <laughs> and watch Mary Poppins all day. But still, it's a little bit. Anyway, Dusty Tag Team Classic. Nagana oh, Del Fantasma versus Mallet Blade and Edris Anoffi. Uh, Breaker yeah. grabbed Escobar, carrying him off during this match, and, and Blade rolled up wild for free. Breaker actually Blade and Anoffi on the win backstage. It's a surprise win. Um, yeah. But it would be if we didn't see one of these every week on NXT 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that because it's an upset all the time at this point. Uh, but yeah, uh, also in the Dusty Classic, they, it's bound to be like an upset, and this was prime for. It. And as soon as I saw Legato earlier, just bragging on how they had it won without even thinking about Malik and Idris, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is this. They're they're prime. They're perfect to end up losing, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, you know, uh, they were they they just seemed like a good candidate to get upset, and uh, and Santos sealed it also. Because they were doing fine <laughs> until he 
butted in for some reason. But anyway, yeah, uh, it, it, it was, it was uh, like I said, it was always we always do at least one upset usually in a lot of those in the, in this case, and and like you said, NXT 2.0 love a good upset. Well, like I said, <laughs> credit to Wilder Mendoza as well because they lose all oh, the yeah. time, and all still, the time. <laughs> I mean, I can't. Yeah, they win? come off credible somehow though for some reason. Yeah, I get it. They don't win a lot, but for some reason I still look at them. I guess it's because they perform well even in losses. But yeah, uh, nah. <laughs> that's I suppose that's how people like Dolph Ziggler have kept a job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is why WWE do not have records. They're not going to do that. It'd be embarrassing for some of these guys. <laughs> we see the career record. Yeah, that's how we see Salas Sakoa is feeling the burn, and with the scars he's got, he will, of course, have them for life now as well. Yeah. And let's not forget, this is Kane. It's more character development than Kane, actually, because <laughs> uh, they were scars for psychological, as we all know. And then the main event, Volta versus Roderick Strong. This was a crack this main is event. Our bomb was yeah, too yeah, much yeah. for Strong, seared in the wind. Um, Walter, well, should we talk about the match first before we get onto the negative bit? It strong <laughs> Volta was excellent. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm glad you did that because <laughs> do you understand how I just realised what's coming next? Yeah. Right, I was so high before I just crashed. And before we get to the crash, let's go up on the high first of all. And the high was the match. The match was really, really great, and I I came into it with certain expectations because I have high regards for both of these guys as workers, and I, and they lived up to them. You know what I mean? And like Walter connected with that first chop, literally from the first chop. It's, this match was just amazing. All the way had technical work, had the physicality, you know, uh, the fight forever chant. And um, and I really don't agree with NXT 2.0 audience and their chants a lot of the time. Like, they give out this is awesome. Oh, my goodness, they give them out way too much, James. We got to talk about that. But anyway, besides that, uh, this, this one deserves the fight forever, though. This one definitely deserves the fight forever. And, um, you know, um, yeah, man, it, this was really cool, man. I really liked it. And the crash just just ruined everything. But like I said, the, the <laughs> chop getting a this is awesome chant, you kind of know, oh, this is this is going to oh, work yeah. out. Um, right. Like, Strong has lost his last two big matches as well, so they kind of wonder what direction he will go, how he yeah. responds. Uh, but like I said, the big news was that uh, Walter grabbed after the match and said oh, he goodness. wants to be called Gunther. Yes, Gunther. Um, originally, like we talked about, uh, W trademarked the name Gunther Stark a couple of days ago. A lot of oh, a couple of days before this happened, a lot of people thinking maybe Zoe mm-hmm. Stark had a brother coming. Unfortunately, <laughs> Gunther Stark was the name of the Nazi commander U boat, um, which was you know pretty bad. But you know we talk about yep. Nazi and they are, but they've gone with Gunther. So after three years of Walter in WWE, and Finn Balor has come out and said, "Look, I was Fergal Divot." before I became Finn Balor, but you weren't wrestling in NXT three years before that. Um, right. He's Walter right. for me. Usually I go with the names. Do you know what I mean? Even if it's like Dax Harwood or whatever the, the other one's yeah. called, Cash Wheeler or something. Like, you know, yeah. I'll try, always try. But Walter, I think, will be Walter for me. No. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what, Gunther. I've... <laughs> you know? I've I believe it's hilarious. Now, only thing I say a positive that's come out of this is now ever since then, listening to Wade Barrett just try his best to only say like, "Oh, the the ring general," or uh, he'll hesitate. Like you don't just 
Like, if you ever listen to it, he don't come, go right into saying Gunther. Like, right before, especially in the first week after he announced it. He was like, he was, in every sentence, you can tell that usually when he talks, he's like, oh, well, Walter is going to blah, blah, blah. Or Walter is going to blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> he would hesitate a little bit and then be like, well, uh, oh, what a massive chop by Gunther. <laughs> like, it, just, it was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, they're having a hard time also. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> anyway, uh. Yeah, he's always going to be Volta to me. I, it just works so well. He's obviously always going to be Volta to the crowd because every time he comes out, even as Gunther, they're going to chat Volta. So, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's just one of those things that we're going to have to deal with. But I try, I try to ignore these things. This is just a, a bad, a very severe case of changing something that didn't need it, but. They have to have that trademark. They have to own something, and I don't. And they, I don't think they could own Volta. And here we are. So, I, I wish they would have came up with something better, you know. But honestly, at this point, are we really like they've done worse? Almost, I believe, probably even though I'm not calling them that. I'm like, I'm just like you. He's Volta, and we're we're about the rest. <laughs> we'll I, I let them do that. I would have been happy just, with Hans. Yeah. Because then you could be dangerous yeah. Hans, you know, um, dirty yeah. Hans, um, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you've got uh, whatever Dita would would yeah. be another one because you could die to um, mm-hmm. Adolf would. Oh, yeah, oh, no, Adolf, no, 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 that no. wouldn't. They, no. they tried that one. <laughs> they, they actually, I'm sure they actually tried that one before Gunther, but you know, for obvious reasons, it didn't play out. Yeah, no, unfortunately. <laughs> um, we'll move on from the Nazis. And, huh, who'd have had a pound for every time I said that on the podcast? Uh, we move on to the January 25th <laughs> episode of NXT, and we get a Dusty Tag Team Classic MSK versus Jacket Time, because we all love Kushida, so they're just thrown away in the tag team now. Jiro oh. um, nearly took the win off a power driver, but Carter broke up after Lee sent Kushida hard into Jiro. Kushida caught him in the hoverboard lock, only to find himself overwhelmed. MSK hit a doomsday device for the victory. This was a really fun match, but poor Kushida. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that, I mean, what else can you say? Like, this was awesome. You know, and I believe that I, I kind of thought it would be awesome going into it. And I thought this was like Jacket Time's best match, like, as a team, you know, so far. I thought this was really, really good. And I, I, we know what MSK is all about and what they bring to the table. So, you know, this was, this was cool, but... Kushida obviously deserves. I wrote it down. He continues to deserve so much more. But you know, it was another great. It was a great match. I, I, I wouldn't. Mad, I can't be mad at it. So, you know, I can't be mad at the result of the match. But yeah, uh, Kushida. We are. We know. We know what he, what his talent and what he is worthy of. So it kind of sucks to see it. But I just try to enjoy it while it, while it's here and hope that this is not going to be forever. But who knows? <laughs> well, like you said, nice suspect afterwards as well from uh, four great talents. We get awkward promo between Santos yeah. and Breaker. Basically, they don't like each other. And then no mm-hmm. DQ match, Boa versus Solo Sokoa. They went backstage. Um, Boa was on the table and got hit with Supervised Splash for the victory. And I'll tell you what, the face paint and the makeup looked great. Looked yeah. absolutely brilliant. Until the scars started to come off. It was like Paul. Gillian Hall was back in all her glory as the scars came <laughs> off Solo's face. Um, speaking of references, whilst I'm at it, this was like a Road Dog Al Snow hardcore match. 
Come on. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like it really gave me some uh like flashbacks to that that, that style. Like you said, like a two thousand or a two thousand one. Just one of those matches you you flipping the channels and you come on and you see somebody hitting somebody with a trash can top, you know, in, in a weird like in backstage area, don't even like a ring. You're like, oh God, what is this? And I remember being traumatized as a kid because I was like, wow, I like this. Like, you're not supposed to be watching that at five years old. But anyway, uh <laughs> this match was like really, really good though. And I thought I thought that everybody came out of this match looking tougher, you know. Like, you know, Boa came looking like Boa and Solo looked like badasses at the end if you think about yeah. what they put each other through during the match. You know, it had it was brutal it was brutal, you know. And I didn't even think the few that they had was like that personal. They had a fight <laughs> that was more personal. <laughs> like the, the the that fight was what took them you know what I mean? You would yeah. think they had a blood escalated, going, it escalated what I'm to so say. quickly. <laughs> right? so much, you know. It was one attack, I think one regular match that they went the count out and then here we are. Falls anywhere. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, it's like it's, you bump into someone accidentally. You go home. He's burnt your house down. That's the <laughs> right. time. <laughs> exactly. I agree. I, I thought it was cool. Though. I liked it. I really love that finish because you know, it, uh, you know. But I was impressed. Like that's yeah. what it was. I, I think I came away like you know. I didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I did. I always. I knew. I know what Solo brings to the table. But like, like I said again, for somebody like Boa, who I was just talking about like months ago, being worthless or seeming worthless, he showed he, he showed a little bit of toughness and showed you know some value here. So yeah, I, I thought this was cool. Yeah, I think we're out. Let me see Walter. Obviously, after the shit that he got for the week, came out and said in German <laughs> that it's his family name. Yeah, one of his grandfather for the man that is used to wrestling. Now he now wants to leave the past behind and create his own future Imperium under his own name. <laughs> he didn't believe it. We're not going to believe it. All right. That's simple. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, whatever, man. <laughs> explain it. Explain it however you want. You hate it just like we do, don't you? <laughs> Does. And then the Dusty Classic continues. Chase U versus Grizzled Young Vets. Uh, Grizzled Young Vets hit the Chase U yeah. student. Booty Haywood, <laughs> may I say. B O D H I, so uh, Bodhi, see, um, in a double face, face, knee face buster, even for the victory. And afterwards, as a good young vets, they couldn't even celebrate until Von Wagner attacked both members of them. Oh, and Chase you as well before Robert Stone was announced under new. And I don't think anybody uh, cared. <laughs> you know? nope. um, but nope. Gridgel Young Vets just have great tag team matches. That's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, as simple as that, really. I mean, I don't really, I, I don't think this match even had the. Uh, I don't even think I really have anything to add to that about them when it comes to the quality of the match. And I just, I, I love Andre Chase. By the way, I don't know if I've mentioned that in the past on this show, but Chase, you for some reason, I'm, I'm happy that Orlando like it because for some reason, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because he's like, uh, you know an insane teacher or he's always losing and I think he deserved better than to lose as much as he did. But I, I like what they're doing to chase you. So I you know I can't I couldn't complain with this at all. Like you said, G Y V ultimate, like just awesome like just awesome tag team. And uh and we know they deserve better too, but you know, I I I think if I keep beating that drum, it's all like I'm almost tired of telling everyone that, that they should be every you know, like the biggest stars, two of the biggest stars in NXT, but anyway, go, uh, you know, this is fine. 
Well, Dowling, no one can tell any shit for the NXT North American Championship. Cameron Grimes versus Tony D'Angelo. We see Grimes fighting back after Tony was dominating the action. Pete Dunn returned to smack D'Angelo with a cricket bat. As Tony D stumbled back <laughs> into the ring, he ran into the cave-in full of loss. Yes, two of my favourite things back-to-back. Pete Dunn hitting Tony D before the cave-in. Um, yeah. But credit to both. This was better than expected. I know Grimes always uh-huh. gives 110%. But uh, Tony D, it's just his gimmick, I think, uh, lets him down. Well, for me, anyway. Yeah, I think in the ring, Tony D is pretty good. I don't have a problem with uh, some of the work he's shown. Like, in, in the flashes that they've allowed him to show, you know, he's actually, uh, you know, he has, like, an amateur background. Like, he's more technically sound, uh, you know, than anything. But like you said, it's just that 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 need to give everybody on this show, uh, you know, of you know, uh, like just something like again, it's just kind of like it reminds me. Two point reminds me in a way of that era when it was that new generation and they just kept having like occupations as wrestlers, <laughs> and that's what this kind of is. Except they're not doing it with the name; they're just kind of like giving everyone like a niche kind of or like some type of. I know it's like literally a character. Like they're not, and I get it, but. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's over the top, like it used to be in that way. Like, I, I can go down a list of characters that's really over the top in my opinion. But the expression as well is is throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. Yes, you know, exactly, the, exactly. We are seeing every week new vignettes for wrestlers that might wrestle once or twice and that'll be it, or we'll right. see how it goes along. With Tony D, like I said, I think the guy's talented. I might need mm-hmm. to tweak the gimmick a little bit. But then again, WWE do love gimmicks uh, like Exactly, that. it's... It, Right, You're like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like they are—that's like their gimmick, their gimmick place. That's what they're all about. So, and then finally yeah. in the episode, uh, we see Legado trying to jump from Breaker in the parking lot, uh, but we see the Blackheart, Tommaso Ciampa, returning, standing by with Breaker as Legado sped away. Uh, looks like he might be back in action, and then we move on to the next episode, February first. And we start off with Imperium versus Diamond Mind. And I really, really enjoyed this. Cream yeah. Brothers took Marfell and Eichler until Volta forced his way into the action. Leader Imperium locked Brutus in a sleeper hold and then chopped him to the mat, followed by Paul Bam. Powerbomb, sorry, to steal it. Um, Diamond Mind promised to refocus and then a shot Imperium's NXT Tag Team Championships. Um, but apart from, and again, I'm not comparing these two to Shield versus Wyatt's, but it's very rare in WWE you do get stable versus stable, and I thought this was quite special. Yeah, you know, I think, especially if you think about the way Dynamite has, has been represented since uh, 2.0 has kicked off, and we know Imperium represents all together, and I just think, yeah, it, it is a big deal whenever a faction, uh, when they have these little faction uh, wars, and whenever you can get, you know, like I said, that's like one of those things that can always be utilized. I think, especially in a place like 2.0, I'm not saying they need more factions, but I just, I would like they, if utilizing a faction can really help some of these people that we don't know, some of these people that are, are kind of green, get valuable experience from more experienced people, if you see what I'm saying. Just like, for example, I don't think Trick Williams ha- is all the way there in the ring. But on the mic and being around somebody like a Carmelo Hayes is only going to make them better. If you see what I'm saying, so like just putting you know putting these people up, even if it's just a duo or even if you have like some type of uh, stable, putting these people together, it can always be positive, especially for a young for for all these young talent. But 
this match, like you said, was really, really good, man. Both teams had time to shine. And, like, uh, I think Diamond, like you said, represented themselves well. Like, we know what Imperium is all about. We know what they can do. I thought this was really good to see that Diamond Mind, they're not far behind, and they can, uh, again, look really, really good and look like they belong in there. And, like, Walter ended up being, you know, too much to handle, and I thought that's the way this match should have went. And, yeah, man, I liked it. You know, it, it, it turned out being a really, really good match to start off that show. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think just to talk about stables well, Undisputed Era were around the next three mm-hmm. ages. And they didn't have any stables kind of going against them. Yeah, they had the fight, right. tag teams, you know, but they never have a true stable uh, like Imperium or Diamond. And like you said, the thing I like about uh, Volta as well is no discrimination at all. You don't care what size you are, he will chop the shit out of you. Uh, and that yes. is kind of what <laughs> I enjoy. Right. And then we had Cora Jade versus Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, Big Mama called cool, cool, her and hit the Chingano bomb. Afterwards, Gazars helped the young defeat and accepted her offer to team up in the Dusty Tag Team Classic. This was really competitive. And I thought it was quite a good story. Mm-hmm. Did it see how competitive it was? Yeah, I, I honestly thought Raquel was like dominated, but I knew that this was the next logical step in the story uh, that they were telling because she needed to have to give Raquel a match that was worthy of earning Raquel's respect in the story that they were trying to tell so she could become a partner and possibly they could go to the dusty, go into the women's dusty classic and, uh, and win. So I thought this worked really, really well and it executed the, the, you know, execute everything in the right way, you know, just how competitive it was and, you know, how Raquel still prevailed because we know that she is the, you know, she's a former champion. She is the locker room, you know, uh, more of a locker room veteran, of course. So like, the way she got the victory worked out also. like So everything just was solid. And even though I do think that it's kind of, you know, typical wrestling logic that you have to wrestle your partner <laughs> to convince them to team up with you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing well, she said would convince her just a couple weeks before. But a match, oh, man, you're tough. Even though, you know, they should already know that she's kind of tough. But anyway, I get it. <laughs> that's uh, what we see. Pete Dunn. It's all good. Challenging Tony D'Angelo to still cage match to hopefully settle their rivalry. And then from Breaker yeah. to Buster Champa versus Degada del Fantasma. Uh, this, again, no real surprise about the outcome here. But in Wild, off the top rope, through the announce table. <laughs> what a <laughs> pumpkin. So impressive. Loud. The NXT, yeah. The military press power Sam Mendoza for the victory. I like everything Champa does. And Breaker is looking better every week. Yeah, he's only getting better, man, especially in the ring, his timing. And, like, we all know how explosive he is. And, again, like we said, no matter – we know they're probably not going to win, but Legato always entertains, you know, no matter the end result. So, you know, I think, you know, this is really, really good. And, uh, you know, a really great main event. It was fun, you know, really fun to watch. And, like you said, hell of a bump. Just a hell of a bump for Joaquin Wild. Like, I wasn't expecting it, but it was it was really – it looked really, really nice. But – yeah, it was a great way to put an exclamation mark on, you know, that show. Yeah, like I said, well, the story of the night was Katie Ray's path of destruction. And after the main event, Ray forced Rose yeah. to agree to the title <laughs> match next week before laying her out with the Katie Ray bomb. Look, I know she's going to lose, but Katie Ray in this episode was badass, you know? Yes. Yeah, it was, yeah, I loved it. And, you know, I loved that. Also, I love they really did a really good job of letting Mandy in their verbal uh, thing earlier 
get a lot of her bragging out of the way, look untouchable. You know, she 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 was very, very confident. And then by the end of that show, she was just, you know, completely uh, a shell of herself in a way. And, you know, uh, at, at the will of Kaylee Ray. So, yeah, it was just well done. And I agree. Uh, I thought it was a very, very a strong thing. I didn't I wasn't expecting. I was really surprised when the second skit of her basically still being tortured by Kaylee Ray was going on. I was like, wow. This, she, she chased this girl around for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. And I think it gets forgotten about. You know, an episode can be as a story. You know, like you said, yeah. throughout the whole night. I mean, this is one of the things the actual used to do well of, you know, having a story where you're tuning in and go, oh, has this guy arrived yet? You know, is this going to happen? You're going to make an mm-hmm. announcement later. And it's just it gets forgotten about sometimes, especially like a three-hour show like Raw. You say you've got all yeah, this they time don't, to create something. And they you, don't do it at all. No. Like, think about how much of backstage you actually even see now. Yeah. Like, you see that little set where they interview people, and maybe every now and then they're, like, in this dark room doing a stand-up promo or something. But you don't really get any of that, that, like you said, that just that walking around, interaction, guy just coming into the building looking, you know, um, you know. I, I always remember The Rock, they used to do this all the time, The Rock with his shades, a button up, and he's just walking into the building <laughs> late. I was like, oh, how does he get off? How does even Austin just be able to walk into work whenever they want to? <laughs> but even, even like you said, something sim- simple as a limo pulling up and yeah. the excitement of mm-hmm. who's going to get out of it with a shot is just something that's just not done anymore. We move on right. February 8th, NXT, the Dusty Tag Team Classic Creed Brothers versus Grizzled Young Vets. And Liverpool's mm-hmm. number one caught Brutus with a vicious throat strike and set him up in a corner. Julius ran up in a pile to suplex Drake. Julius hit a side slam followed by a low clothesline from Brutus to take the win. And again, just great tag team wrestling. Yeah, man. Solid stuff. You know, and what the Dusty Cup has become, you know, uh, we, we we talked about it last year. And I think since his, since his inception, it's been just all about solid to really, really great tag team wrestling. And this was uh, really good to me. And, I, you know, it was great to see the Creed dish it out, but also withstanding uh, a lot. And they, they really look good in the ring with that with GYV. And again, I, I've already mentioned what I think about them and you know, how good they are. And it was a good measure of where the creeds are. And I thought this was fine. You know, this is a really, really good way to get them to advance. And, uh, you know, and I, I like I said, the sky's the limit for the creeds. And I, and I like them. I like the way they looked in this match. Yeah, about that. Brutus will be a star if he keeps developing the way he yes. is. Uh, he, has a he really does. And they're comparing him to Kurt Angle, but let's just do Jack Swagger first. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. just try and... Um, GYV will hopefully get their moment in the sun. Stratton defeated Chu Pete Dunn versus Draco Anthony. That was easily for Dunn. Uh, Tony, G, uh, Tony D tried to come out, but he snapped, got his fingers snapped, even grabbed the number of weapons, decided to change the contest into a weaponized steel cage match. I hope Dunn <laughs> destroys him. We see L.A. Knight <laughs> defeating Sanger. The Indian Braun Strowman did all right, I would say. Yeah. Knight working so well. That's exactly what it looked like. It I was. Said, I wrote down. Weird. He reminded me of a monster among me, and I said that he definitely. I wrote that down. So, yeah. They said, look, we don't need you, Braun. We've got the Indian version going to come. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. And he brings a people, you know. That's it. Do you bring anybody? Yeah. Uh, we get a championship <laughs> summit. 
uh, with Bron Baker wanting to get fighting with Santos Escobar when Dolph Ziggler showed Dolph Ziggler. With his show-off, lists his accolades for making clear he wanted the gold as he never had, sitting there arrogantly with his uh, mm-hmm. feet on the table as well. The chumper, who was offended by Ziggler claiming the NXT title, Escobar then got offended. A lot of people get taken offence here. Uh, with <laughs> yeah. the interruption, promised to take out all three men. Chumper and Ziggler started brawling while Escobar sent the guard and Alfonso after the champ. And the stable sent Breaker through the table in the ring for the leader of Legado promised to take the goal he wanted. Nice tan, Bron, I will say. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Ziggler's great. He just, some, he just, you forget what a star he is until yeah. in NXT. Uh, but Dolph versus Chumper, unfortunately, is a bigger match than Santos versus Bron. Uh, what did you think? Yes, of this? it is actually. Yeah, it really is a bigger match. I like this, and I think Dolph just gets it. You know, even even all the way down to the point to where he was like, uh, you know, uh, even out of a hundred matches, I, you know, ninety nine of them, I won't, I probably won't come out on top. Like acknowledging that we know that you know he's not really ever really booked. To win, but like he said at that, we know what he brings to the table. Like I said, I don't care what anyone says. Dolph Ziggler's resume and like what he can do in the ring, I don't think anyone can ever doubt it. Now what WWE has done with that and what they've done to him and how they've booked him over the years, that's more of an argument in my opinion. But here, um, what Dolph Ziggler can do, yeah, we know that uh, he. I think he'll, he'll fit right in and have uh, in NXT and. In my opinion, uh, especially in the ring, and uh, like you said, a guy working with Chompa, yeah, uh, that, that 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 I can I would love to see that. And then also, uh, you know, like you said, Breaker once again, I thought he was fine. They do a really good job of keeping what Breaker says on the mic concise, and I think that's really to his benefit. I don't think he needs to really say much. It's not he don't really bring a lot to the table when it comes to like what he actually has to say. But uh, you know, I think. You know, like I said, I think him keeping him low on what he has to say and just getting straight to the point and just being like a take-on-all-comers type of champion is probably the way to go with Breaker. But uh, once again, uh, like I thought Santos shined in this promo also, and I was glad that he finally got a little bit of a, you know, a upper hand going into Vengeance Day. Uh, and this was all around just really, really good stuff. Like, I, I didn't have a problem with anything that was going on. It made me feel like the world tighter – they 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 finally define like a world title picture in a way. If you see what I'm trying to say. Well, the, the only thing what I want really is you know we talk about them failing with the call ups from NXT, you know with a call up, but try build a story. So you've got Champa and Ziggler at the moment. So have a match mm-hmm. on NXT, and then as we've seen with Champa showing up Raw, have a match on Raw, and then keep it on Raw. You know, and become a feud. And then before people realise, oh, wait a minute, Chumper's part of Raw. He's been there for a month. We kind of know his motivations. It's the same thing yeah. they could do with uh, Grayson Waller coming up and attacking AJ. People would be like, mm-hmm. oh, why? Well, the story's already been set. Have people come down, build a story, and then take the wrestler with them and see if that works. It'll be. A, I think it'll make uh, introducing these guys much smoother, too. You know, like, because, like, I remember, if you compare, like, what you just said, or like what you're suggesting to the way uh, I can't. Th- I'm trying to think. Uh, not not Damian Priest, but it was a uh, who was another recent call, call up. Uh, Austin Theory, yeah. The way Austin Theory uh, debuted, and like you know, at, over time, I think he's st- like he's he start he's starting to gain like a little bit of steam, and people are starting to recognize him. But he would like the initial pop of him coming out didn't mean much of anything because 
of just he came out of nowhere. You know, nobody recognized music, all that type of stuff. You know, the way they premiere these guys give you their first impression. But if you give them an impression with a, a competitive match, with a story that, that you already have footage from of an NXT that you can show to catch people up on, you know what I mean, and show them why this match is going on on Raw. Like, yeah, I think what you just suggested would be a great way to introduce a lot of these newer faces and uh, maybe give them the main a little main roster boost at the beginning so they won't get lost in the shuffle immediately when they get called up. I think that just makes more sense. But then again, WWE will do it to uh, in spite of their success, as we've heard in the past <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, the Dusty yeah. Tag Team Classic continued with MSK versus Malik Blade and they're just a noffy. The underdogs fought hard from the outside. Mm-hmm. We see a big dive blade and noffy hit cut with a combination offense into a noffy frog splash for a near fall. Lee got back in the action just in time to set up the finisher for the victory. And i got to say, I liked Enoughy and Blade's entrance with the arms beforehand, where they're trying <laughs> to grab the arm and all this. And it's just, yeah, it's, kind of, it's something we don't see in WWE. It's kind of, it felt a bit natural and the kind of progression mm-hmm. of them actually working together. Even and, that little video packages yeah. were, you know, if not anything, were entertaining, you know. Uh, so, Even yeah. The, uh, you know, Mandy so, Rose, kind of fancy Mandy Rose and that stuff. You like know, you said. I, I must, I got to get my line out about that, by the way. Why is everyone so damn horny? In NXT, but yes, yes, that was that was definitely still entertaining though. Because by the way, on this run of shows, the amount of horniness is just—it's—you're gonna get a flirt or two in a week. That's what it is. We got to get something, you know, sexually related or something going on. Something about dating. Like I don't know when the hell NXT became so much about dating, but yeah. Anyway, besides that, I agree. You know, I think uh, they're 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 very entertaining, and in this match, they had a great showing. You know, uh, and you know that we know they were in there with MSK. Uh, you know, who are you know they're pretty much established uh, when it comes to what we what they can do. And they, but they had believable moments where you know who who knows. You know, I, I don't think they were going to win, but they had some really really nice uh, spots and great moments in there. So I, I thought it was cool. Uh, but predictably, MSK won. And getting MSK versus the Creed Bros, though, I think was probably the best possible resort result. Unless yeah. you you know, I love GYV, but. I think we know the way they book things. It was probably going to end up being these two teams. Yeah, I think without doubt, MSK have delivered NXT. And then Zoe Stark convinced Io Shai to find a partner for the Women's Dusty Tag Classic. While Kaylee Ray mm-hmm. promised Mandy Rose she would make the most of the match in the NXT Women's Championship. Mandy Rose is Kaylee Ray. We see Kaylee Ray trying for the Kaylee Ray bomb, which rose the first in the Sunset uh, Flip bomb. Gigi Doan and yeah. JC Jane were supposed to be escorted out of the building, but they saved Rose. I said it mm-hmm. the top rope to the floor. This allowed God's greatest creation to hit a bicycle knee for the win. Toxic Traction tried to hurt Katie Ray with her own baseball bat before Io Shirai arrived to save the day. Ray laid out Rose and Katie Ray Brom stood tall with a genius of the sky. Um, this was quite a short match, but I think Mandy has it made. Even in my eyes as she's coming out, I'm thinking baby face, it will work because you'll just get cheered as well. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. hopefully Katie Ray and EO are going to kick some serious ass. That might be my favorite tag team of all time. What do you think I of the agree. main event and these two women teaming? Yeah, the match itself wasn't bad at all. You know, uh, again, I was kind of impressed with Mandy at times, and you know, uh, I thought KLR. I thought I thought I've definitely seen like Kaylee Ray going another gear, but again, you know, you only as good as your dance partner. I'm not trying to say Mandy's bad, but. Like, again, like you said, it was short. They didn't really want to make this 
you know, an end-all, be-all type of title match. But, you know, uh, the typical number games finished, you know, that was kind of, you know, that was no shock to me. But, uh, you know, does it take away from the match overall? I don't know, you know. But I enjoy, you know, EO coming down and, like, the team of EO, EO Shirai and Kaylee Ray, like, they're, by the way, two the two, what, you can make a case that EO is the greatest NXT women's champion ever. And then you have, uh, you know, the longest reigning NXT UK women's champion and probably the greatest women's champion in NXT UK. So, like, that is a, like, that's a dream team in itself. They should dominate. Of course, if they have the chance to become champions, I think they should be the one to win, champ, win this thing if you think about what they are and, like, how they're made up, even though I know that Corey Jade and Raquel probably is gonna, they're going to be there to have something to say about that. But I, I love them being together and taking down Tyson Contraction because, honestly, the way the women's division is set up is going to have to be a uh, 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 joint force that takes down toxic attraction at this point because they always have the numbers advantage and uh, you know uh, we like you said Mandy Rose has it made right now she's the champion and I had no problem with it this is very typical WWE stuff but I had no problem with it especially when you get the combination of Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray going forward forward yeah, without a doubt we'll be building to this moment now so it's NXT Vengeance Day um, I honestly thought I had the audio description on new WWE intro for the then now forever together it, 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 I honestly <laughs> yeah it, it scared I, the hell out of me <laughs> I, thought, I was so oh, shocked shit. it scared the hell out of me man you're not the only one I was, I was gonna like, like what is going <laughs> what is that a man walks into the door you know it's gonna be like <laughs> what the fuck is this like when did they somebody narrating my life now <laughs> you sitting but I really dug the opening, actually. And I would say Gigi would have given the 30-year-old me a few memories. To be fair, the 35-year-old would be going to remember it. Uh, but I, did... <laughs> <laughs> I did appreciate the Vengeance Day opening, I will say. Uh, yeah, I did, too. And I, I nicknamed him T.A., and that stands for a lot of things besides Toxic Attraction. But anyway... Uh... <laughs> This was a really good opening, you know. And, really good. Uh, really good opening. <laughs> I thought it was, hey, they were creative. That's one thing I'll say. I wasn't really expecting that, you know, the whole text conversation type thing, you know, and all that. They threw a lot of little gags in there. I, then they were referencing things. At first, I thought they were just going to be related to their stories, but then they started talking about pretty much everything, and I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. So, yeah, it was, overall, yeah, man, I like, I liked it. You know, it, 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 it was very, very positive. And, uh, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying about Gigi, and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it is February 15th. We start with a weaponized steel cage match. Pete Dunne yeah. versus Tony D'Angelo. And Tony D. Rail Rio drove to the ring. As we see him, Pete Dunne immediately went for the weapons to hurt Tony D. After super of steel cage, D'Angelo cuffed the bruiserweight. Dunn was punished until he trapped his rival into guillotine and got to the toolkit to cut himself free. That was actually quite a cool spot. Somehow, even with the extra punishment weapons, both Dunn and D'Angelo kicked out of each other's finishes and not many kick out at the bitter end. Yes. And the cricket bat wasn't real. It would have killed him. I don't know yes. how much you know about cricket bats, but the cricket bat I got is very, very solid wood. Uh, Dunn pulled out a crowbar. The Bruce White smacked him. I mean, the crowbar not not too far behind. Yes, to be fair, to be fair to the crowbar, and then the second bit of red for the win. 
I don't know about you, but this match felt like it started before the show because of the way they sped into the spots. I was like, have I missed 10 minutes of the opening list? You're going to get straight into it. Uh, but what was, your, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, I, I don't even, it wasn't even an interest, right? Like, I think the opening shot was he, Pete Down just standing in the ring, right? I thought. Yeah. I think, I think Tony made an interest. Because he was in a uh, Maybach, I think. Yeah, yeah. On Rose That's how quick. Something. Quick, hurry up. Drive to the ring. Yeah. Uh, but I have to commend Tony D, man. He, like I said, he looked—he was brutal at times in this match, especially when you know you did the zip tie, uh, and at the same time, you know, uh, you know, you wrestling Pete, and we know how badass Pete is. So, like, by just by association, you get some badass rank by looking this good or looking this, uh, you know, competitive in this match, in my opinion. And uh, you know, and then with both arms restrained. You know, Pete Dunn with both Pete Dunn was literally had both his arms restrained and was still dangerous. Like, you know, uh, uh, so he, again, we know what Pete Dunn brings to the table. I thought both guys looked tough as hell at the end. Like you said, Tony D kicked out of that bitter end. I was like, what, really? Like we're doing that now? Like I couldn't, I didn't even know. I, I was not ready for that, but you know, I like the finish too. So it was just a hell of a way to kick the show off. I like it. Yeah, it was a fun opener. Thank fuck, dumb one, I will say. Uh, please, oh, yes, I agree. Please move on now. Uh, we then get a Gonzalez Jade training montage. When he kicked out of the bitter end, you were worried. You had to be, I did. You had to be for worried. A second. I was ready to turn it off and move away. Um, <laughs> and just put the opening promo back on. But get to NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, Toxic Attraction versus Hartwell and Perotta. And G. Joe and Jace Jane attack Persia and Indy before the bell. The chance to recover mm-hmm. quickly, especially after the referee sent Rose to the back. And Prota went on the tail, laying out both champions with a smiling drop. Jane set Prota hard and still stairs, then tripped Hartwell before she could hit a diving elbow. Finally, toxic attraction hit a high-low combination for the victory. Mm-hmm. A little bit later on, Hartwell walked off with Dexter Loomis, while Duke Hudson took Perotta's hand, leading her away behind Indy's back. And like you said, that was so are, nasty, by the way. Like, oh, yeah, just like, oh, I know what you want. Like, what? This that, That's how... <laughs> Everybody's this horny at this point. Oh, my God. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, Perotta is such an unlikable face. So the turn needs to that's come. That's fair. There is nothing. Yeah, like yeah. Because she's obviously so jealous. And I don't even understand why at this point. Even though I guess it was like some valid thing with the handicap match thing. But... Yeah, I mean, let her let her let her break off of Indy, do her little do her thing, you know. And like, uh, I don't know, you know, you like Duke at this point, and we all know what Duke's been going through. I don't even think Indy had to tell you he was trouble. I mean, like, like you know, you see what he's been doing, poor Dante Chin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> no, the, the the tag match though was decent. Like, and I, I like the superior teamwork that Toxic Attraction, uh, you know, showed. Uh, you know, and like for some Persia, like you said. Like she green sometimes, and sometimes she's like a million bucks. I don't know. Like it's, it's funny to me how how it is. But like so, like maybe that's why the turn is taking its time. You know what I mean? They're trying to give her more and more reps, and you know, a tag team match is a good way to protect her. So I think that's probably what's going on with Persia before she turns on Indy, Indy because it's obviously yeah. coming. Because yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was acceptable, but nothing uh, special. Yeah, fine. Uh, Grace and Waller walked out with two police officers, or, yeah, I'm sure they were police officers. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah. They were talent they in black <laughs> shirts. Uh, showing video evidence of late night, violate the restraining order. 
The million dollar mega star showed his own video evidence of Walla violating his restraining order and the police officers left. The night took out Walla and they announced they would fight next week. Um, the only positive I could take from this is nobody has had a bigger 180 in NXT in the past year than LA Knight. I mean, the most yeah. hated guy in NXT by a country mm-hmm. mile. And now the fans finish his catchphrase like it's the rock. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's serious. It's serious. And then think about it. Like we talked about, that's what make, and that's why I actually really, really uh, love your pick. I don't know if you said it was feud of the year or rivalry or storyline of the year, but Cameron Grimes and LA Knight, like looking at where both of them are at, you know what I mean? With the crowd and just the positioning. Like, it, it's amazing what, uh, you know, how, like you said, that 180 and, like, you know, where uh, how, where L.A. Knight is now. And, yeah, I, I love it. I actually t- I actually like it because I've been here. Like, we've been here since its inception, so it kind of makes you proud. Like, you yes, had something like, yeah, this is kind of, you know, baby. Was proud. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially when you think about the revolving door that has been in NXT. Like, we've lost a lot of people that we hold dear to us on this NXT <laughs> roster. So you're going to cradle the feud. Like Pete Dunne, we want to protect Pete Dunne. We got we to gotta cradle the feud that we still have. You well, that's, know? What, that's the problem. Everybody you listen to, everybody leaves. That's kind of, you know, what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we right? Keep them. We try and keep them. Uh, NXT North America Championship next. Carmelo Hayes, the champ versus Cameron oh, man. Grimes. I love this, man. Uh, Hayes wore down Grimes with a focused technical offense, hoping to take advantage of his own impressive stamina. Trip Williams helped as well, taking cheap shots on Grimes behind the ref's back. And technical Savage tried to get back into the action, but ran right into a springboard crossbody for an ear fall. It was spin outside slam, and he took the win. He hit a big diving crossbody for a near fall that the crowd was job done. Were Grimes caught Trick with caving on the outside, but Trick got involved enough to make sure Mello had a cross face on Grimes that left the challenger vulnerable off the top for the diving leg drop for the win. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the, the crowd wanted it. I wanted it. I know I'm not going yes. to put anything in your mouth, but I'm sure you wanted Grimes to get the victory. Uh, but again... This was a great match, and can you really argue with someone like Hayes? You know, is delivering like this? No, no way. Because I, I'm with you. Like part of me, love I love Cameron Grimes. I wouldn't have been hurt if Cameron Grimes won that match. No, and not at all. Because not only that, I also know the trajectory that Carmelo Hayes is on. And I can see him being NXT champ. Like I've already said it in my mind that if you know if they continue to book him a certain way, he be NXT champion by the end of this year. So that for that to happen, he would have to lose it. And losing it to Grimes, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Uh, but anyway, besides that, uh, I, I love I love everything Melo. Like, Melo, man, he's on a run. And I don't know, like, people, it means going under the radar maybe, but, like, anytime it's a big match, whether it's been these title matches, whether it was the breakout tournament match, you know, before we even got to 2.0 and all of that, you know, you know, everything he has been doing, has been top notch, and this match was, uh, you know, and like we all, like again, we love Cameron Grimes here, and like you said, the crowd, all of us wanted Grimes, you know, to win, and because we know what he can do, and this is another masterclass in a big match or a big spot for Cameron Grimes, in my opinion. So like, you know, these are the two of the main reasons why I still enjoy NXT. You know, these two guys. So I was invested in everything from the start, and it's just nothing Melo can do. Can't, it's nothing he can't do in that ring, and he gets better. It seemed like he's getting better every way, and he's already scary good, in my opinion. And Grimes move. Grimes has one of the most 
innovative and diverse. You might like, you know, Chris, you say that about Chris Kane because he came up with creative spots and all that. And that's the same thing with Cameron Grant. For somebody who does not look like a super athlete, he is so innovative uh, when it comes to his moves. And and I think him and Melo just went for it. And I just love this match. I really, really loved it. Uh, they put on a show. I don't think this should have been on free TV. That's how much I loved it. Like, I, I like this is like network spe- live event special or, you know what I mean, like pay- pay-per-view type special, like to me. I was into it. I loved it. And uh, this, that's, this is the type of match that helps you ignore all of the horrible stuff that happens on 2.0 on a weekly basis. Like, you don't care about Devon Wagner's, Grayson Waller's less annoying. All that stuff does not matter when 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 stuff like that is going on on NXT because I thought this was just like NXT 2.0 at its best. Well, this is the thing, and this is what I tried to do this month, which I do for until <laughs> 2.0 it doesn't annoy me so much, is that I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. Any of the bad stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to focus <laughs> on the stuff that I didn't mind. Uh, like right. I said, this felt like the old NXT with these two. And then we yeah. see uh, Pete Dunne giving congratulations to Melo backstage and clearly are in the NXT North American Championship. And what a match uh, that will be as well. Uh, we then see a great vignette of Kayla Ray teaching EO how to have fun with a baseball bat. <laughs> which <laughs> did I did long. enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, they are just a great tag team already. And speaking of teams, the Dusty Tag Team Classic Final... MSK versus the Creed brothers. We see Malcolm Bivens pumping up with Judas and Brutus before walking out. Telling them this is their moment that Diamond made were made. Uh, likes the never give up uh, towel, and of course, but on the other side, nah, just give up. Right, nah, um, you should. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he was my manager of the year last year. You see, this is what he. I don't uh, blame you. I love doing. I love you. MSK the theme in their entrance as well. Uh, but the Creed brothers started off hot with Judas, especially took over after he sent Wesley face first into the announce table after taking beat down Lee Flip Nash Carter onto Judas outside, followed by a combination sent on bomb and corkscrew bomb. Carter and Lee worked together for a combination double foot stomp that would have taken a win if Brutus had not broken it up. Judas caught Carter <laughs> diving and slammed him to the floor, followed with a low running clothesline for the win. And yes, the Creed brothers are your dusty tag team champion or dusty, dusty mm-hmm. tag team classic winners, even of twenty twenty two. What did you think of this? Yeah, I thought this was cool, man. It had some hellacious moments, you know, and I guess that can be expected with the teams involved, you know. Uh, you know, with we we know what the Creed Rose can do at MSK again, like we said, very very you know good and established in the NXT. And, you know, it wasn't really a drawn-out type of match that I probably assumed it was going to be, but it was still fun, man. And, it, it, you know, the right team won. You know, uh, I don't think it's anyone in the in NXT 2.0 right now like the Creeds, you know, in, in the way they wrestle. That's the one thing that they have going for them is how unique, or at least, you know, you know their aggressiveness and just the way they wrestle is like that. Like, I liked it. And and if anybody should take the belts off Imperium, if they were going to, I don't, we, we don't know if that's going to be the case. But uh, if if anybody could do it, it, it would be them. And uh, you know, I thought this was well deserved for the Creed bro. So, and like I said, beating last year, winning winners, beating MSK, a team who's been number one for a while in NXT, just uh, cemented even further. Yeah, I think wrapped out a really fun match. Like I said, could have done with a little bit longer. Uh, Wesley yeah. is just shit hot, and everything he does as well. I feel you know the way he sells yeah. and moves. Um, 
Creed's starting to get comfortable. But, I mean, the list of great NXT tag teams that have a roster. And I was trying to look at this. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody apart from the Street Profits. And you know you're going to say about the War Raiders, but they're going to be the yeah. round of cuts. You know this. Like, no one has made it as an NXT tag team. No one. Uh, apart from the Profits. Yeah. So, Saints got to be done Man, about that. I didn't even think about this. <laughs> it's like, depressing. You, you it remember the depressing. Ascension? And, uh, oh, my God. AOP. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Everybody. even like Heavy Machinery and Oaken Alpha, they yeah. just split them Heavy up and put them together. American Alpha. You know, oh, my goodness. FTR never made it. DIY never made it. Well, yeah. even, you know, yeah. Authors of Pain, uh, Sanity, uh-huh. you know, from that era. Oh, my goodness. Just, yeah. just didn't even fun. use Sanity. No, just had them just, on the roster. Didn't even do it. Just, yeah. Undisputed even, you know, like, uh, everything. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that that is unbelievably – I think that's an underrated trend. Like, I hear about the NXT champions who ended up released and some of these other things, like the people who just failed as call-ups in general. But I did not think about just how many tag teams have fallen by the wayside, man. That is crazy. So many great tag teams in NXT. Uh, so we can a great tag team. Imperium took the ring and warned the Creed brothers that they were still not ready to be the NXT tag team champions. Uh, Wolves had told Bron Breaker and Santos he'd be watching the main event. Solo Sokoa interrupted to challenge Volta. Uh, Volta wants to be called Gunther. The crowd don't want to call him it. <laughs> no one nope. wants to call him it. But Solo <laughs> versus Walter, I am actually in. That's I'm down. Yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm really excited. I love so. I love. I love them giving him this spot. It's just like it just shows you that they know that he is right in. Like I told you in that same echelon with Braun and Carmelo and uh, you know some of these top tier newer faces that I think are really ready for the big time. And I think putting them in the ring with somebody like Walter is only going to be a positive. You know, it doesn't matter what happens. You know, uh, but like I, a big, you know competitive, explosive match like that, you know, oh, man, it's going to be great. Well, we then see Tommaso Ciampa refusing to be looked down upon by anybody on Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, especially Dolph Ziggler. He warned the show mm-hmm. to pay close attention to the main event. <laughs> Ziggler promised in an interview that he would defeat Ciampa next week. And the main event, the NXT title on the line, Bron Breaker versus Santos Escobar. And Escobar looked like he was outmatched early, but he managed to get mm-hmm. some space and hit a top... A tope outside that left Brombreaker vulnerable. He threw the champion into the steel stairs and hit a netbreaker back in the ring. The challenge uses steel outside and technical holes inside to grind down every limb of the champion. There was one point he was stretching him on the ring post, and I weren't sure what he was doing, but I just went with it anyway. Uh, Breaker began <laughs> to make a comeback, but Legado got involved in the chaos. Ziggler super kicked the champion, mm, and the fans again thought it was yeah, thought it was a job done. Uh, but Breaker kicking out, Chumper attacking Ziggler, sent to the back. Escobar hit a tilt well DDT, but missed a frog splash. And I should say, his tribute to Eddie Guerrero, because I think it was. Yeah, that um, was really, really great. The anniversary of Eddie beating Brock for the WWE Championship. Might mm-hmm. be wrong, but it's around that time as well. I think it's like stupid, like 18 years, which is just crazy yeah. when you think about it. Um, and then. We see Breaker spearing him, hitting a military press power slam for the win and retaining the NXT title. Uh, what did you think of this main event? Man, this was this was pretty good. I really liked it. You know, I loved it. Like you said, the, the Eddie inspired gear and his logo with the you know the 
the Legato del Fantasma with them, with them kind of in the old, you know, uh, LWO colors. That was really, really cool. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, when Ziggler interfered towards the end, it, it, it made it, it knocked that match. Cause like you said earlier, and then through the middle of the match, it, it was oh, it was good, but it wasn't really that intense. But the, when that interference happened, and Ziggler, you know, had me believing, oh my goodness, they just screwed Breaker, you know, uh, that was just a really really well executed false finish because I wasn't expecting Ziggler to do that. And um, you know, we you have you have everything that happened after that, and like Santos, which is you know really great. You know, Santos was great throughout. You know, uh, it seemed to be going in a typical route, and then it just went into like a a main event level uh, atmosphere after that towards the end. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, maybe I was still stuck on that North American title match. But either way it go, this was really good. I didn't have a problem with it. And uh, and Breaker is just – he's just a beast. And I thought he still ended up looking good in, in the way this match turned out. So this was a good first defense on his, uh, on his run. We'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, about that. Like I said, great main event. Uh, Legado have been so consistent and I wouldn't mind seeing if, I think hopefully we should see a fatal four way between all four at a takeover yeah. I think even right. we're not going to call it takeover anymore but you know the next premium live event or something like that you know it's a, but I thought Vengeance Day you know like we said we had War Games which was like a proper you know takeover we mm-hmm. had is Evil which was okay with a new champion and then of course Vengeance Day I thought it was a good show overall, and there are positives to take. I think would be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two point is improving in my opinion. You know, I think the quality of matches on TV. You know, because I remember we was watching it in the exception with nothing but squash matches. You know, bad vignettes, bad introductions, stuff you just didn't care about. And I think they've done a good, they've done a great job of cutting a lot of the stuff you don't care about out. But it is also still, you know problems there and like you said uh issues things that you could care less about it but i think they've been much more watchable you know than they were like i'm really just only comparing nxt 2.0 to itself i'm not really even trying to look at it in comparison to an aew or look at it in the comparison to raw and smackdown even though i do think it's some elements of nxt that are better than the main roster still so that's kind of cool when some of those matches like come on that like mellow and Cameron Grimes, some of the quality of some of the matches that we saw during this and these episodes of NXT, they are some top notch. This top notch stuff, no matter you know what what it is, but how everybody's horny in 2.0, and then the overall show just being like I said, weird at times. Like sometimes it's paced really, really well, and you love you know, like you see what well, okay, this is really good stuff, and then they throw in stuff that you just could care less about and. You know, but I try, like I said, still giving them time, but I have to give them a nod and say, yes, they are they definitely improved if you think about what they were a few months ago. Yeah, I think without doubt. Uh, it's, it'd be interesting to see, because a lot of been talking about NXT as well with Vengeance Day, and it drew 525,000 viewers, and people saying, well, it's one of the lowest ratings they've ever done, uh, which, you know, is fair play, you know, to say that, but compare it even to the old NXT <laughs> With this time last year, being on sci-fi and, of course, everything else going along. Mm-hmm. That's what the show was getting. So, you know, NXT now, you know, has reached 800,000 every now and again. But you are looking to 600,000 even with a special show. So this is saying that the thing is with WWE and the problem, the thing that worries me with 50-50 booking and everything that goes on is if they're going to mm-hmm. go 2.0, they need to stick with it. 
If they end up changing it and mucking around, rucking around, then we're just going to, you know, go into yeah. another program, another change, and it's just not going to be work right. You know, next week's show is back right. in the USA, America. You've got Dolph Ziggler versus Champa, Waller versus Knight, and the Women's Dusty Cup uh, start, which should be big. Of course, we'll bring all that next month. But it's not, you know boring NXT 2.0 I think there's mm-hmm. enough like I said I think we've got to take the negatives out and just focus on the positives for now and then we can look at it as a show yeah. overall after a little I while, wish we could concise know. it down to an hour again <laughs> <laughs> it need to go back to an hour like it, like back in the early days of, of black and gold if you know what I mean or like NXT UK and maybe I've just fallen in love with their pacing but you know anyway <laughs> well, like I said, next next time we'll check it out. It should be good as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but that is 2.0 for now. So we move on now to NXT UK. We're going to look at it in full. Last time out, Monty, we had Mustache Mountain winning the tag team titles. Volta's last stand. And Blair coming up short against Miko. So what would happen this month? We have five episodes to catch up on. So let's get straight to it. January 20th, Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness calling the action. We see some clips of Sam Gradwell trying and failing to find a mystery partner's face pretty deadly. <laughs> he even sent tweets to Steve Austin, Elon Musk, Paul McCartney. Gradwell also had to beat oh, up Kenny man. Williams for laughing at him. I mean, this story, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a very close supporter of Sam Gradwell. But this is a great story on Twitter as well. Oh, my goodness. I, I chuckled. I was killing myself laughing at uh, him bothering people. You know, he just bothered, <laughs> bothering people and forgetting the stuff with a kid. Like, how do you forget that you see, you were talking about this man? In- <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was, it was priceless. I was laughing. I loved it. Stone Cold, Paul McCartney, you know, Elon Musk. Uh, it was just well done, man. It was hilariously well done. <laughs> well, I said I, I wouldn't mind being a partner as long as I could stand on the apron and just watch the thunderstorm and all his greatness. Um, so... Yeah, I'm wondering, did he contact you? He's on Twitter, you know. <laughs> well, I don't want to say me and him are pretty tight, as you know. Um, but could he find a tag partner against Pretty Deadly? could. But unfortunately, it was Saxon Huxley. I was a better choice. Um but like I said, it was a great story. Even going through a drive-thru, I don't know if you saw this, but he asked someone at McDonald's yeah. if he could join him on first day for a fight and actually broke character was doing it, um, which was great. Uh, as for the match itself, well, pretty deadly work on Huxley. Hot Tag brings in Gradwell to clean house. Everything breaks down a Stoker Blast. Gradwell with a forearm for the double knockdown. Cue Kenny Williams for a distraction, though, and Huxley mm-hmm. knocks off the apron. Williams runs over him on the floor, meaning there's no one for Gradwell to tag. Howley comes back in it, and it spilled milk to finish Gradwell. You bloody scum. Um, it was Yes Boy versus the Yogurts. Uh, what did you think of this? Yeah. Uh, I, I The match was okay. You know, I didn't have a problem with it. I actually was surprised that the that – the, you know, the makeshift team of uh, Huxley and Gradwell did as well as they did against the former champ. But, you know, the scum of the earth, once again, you know, living up to that name, I think I say it every review, and he is just, is just basically, he does a really good job. Like, that's one of the most on-point wrestling nicknames <laughs> in wrestling, because it's not much that, yeah, he, he's definitely 
uh, uh, scum uh, in his activities on the show. But yeah, uh, living up to his name and costing them in the end, you know, this was decent. I didn't have a problem with it, and I knew that we had we're going we had more to come because you know, of course, with the interference and all of this that was going on. But man, I really. Like the match itself, like I said, was really fine. But that video package and everything, I, mean, I was on a, I was really, really feeling good after that. It was just cool. Wow. I was having really, I was having fun at that point. But that that video package really tr- cracked me up. I'm not trying to stick, say, stay stuck on it, but I was just wasn't expecting it. It was just, it was really well done. He's comedy gold. Gradwell was comedy gold. Yeah, turning Sam hilarious. face is great as well because he knows. I think it was a great idea. You know, yeah. it's just sake about him that he's just so likable as well. Jenny uh, doesn't see hope when she looks at Amel. Instead, <laughs> pity. The two of them are very mm-hmm. different people because Jenny doesn't exploit her past to get the fans to cheer for her. The fans are uh-huh. just like Amel, nothing. Now, Amel wants to get famous off Jenny, and that isn't happening. Just great stuff from Jenny. There's no, yeah. nothing else to say, really. We get videos on Die Familia versus Gallus as the two teams are ready to destroy each other next week. I can't wait for that. And Blair Davenport unlocks a gate and what appears to be a family estate. She's the latest in a long line of Davenports. And everyone isn't mm-hmm. one of them is an enemy you can hate and reject all you want as long as you fear her. That's a lot of enemy. Yeah, <laughs> that more should fear her because it's time for the Davenport to show how she can be. And and this is another great thing. It's a little bit of character of them showing what a Davenport is meant to be and, you know, just cementing that. Um, and then up next, Emilia McKenzie versus Isla Dawn. Of course, this is the fallout from Dawn taking McKenzie's watch from her special box. McKenzie takes her down in the hammerlock to start and then cracks on the wrist lock. We see a middle rope sunset flip, give McKenzie two. And then Skiri staggers Dawn again. The spear gives McKenzie two, so she sends Dawn outside for a big suicide dive back in. And the high bo- crossbody misses for McKenzie. Now Dawn to hit a fireman's Spell into a size slam for the pin. And even nicer than that, Dawn gave her watch back. Um, <laughs> I thought this was a fun match. The women's division got so many feuds in different characters. Yes, I love it, man. They have a lot of stuff going on, and it all makes sense. And even even this, it was just not bad at all. We all know what Isla's been on recently. You know, she's been, you know, doing her weird witch thing and uh, the continuation of that. And, uh, you know, it's what I've come to expect from Isla too, as far as like being in the re- or in the ring. You know, still being weird, but winning as of late. And uh, I do like the little thing that you know maybe her time holding property of her opponents or whatever power and you know things her, her her pagan rituals, whatever you know whatever that does for her has been giving her a boost and uh, to rack up some wins. So I don't know where that's gonna go. I don't know you know what what it'll culminate to. But, um, yeah, this was fun, like you said. Like I said, Dawn wins again. Will McKenzie gets frustrated. That's the questions. Uh, Mel doesn't think much of Ginny and suggests bringing it. We get video over here, Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin, with Dragunov being angry over everything Devlin has said. Devlin wants a start when Dragunov wants a vent. So next week, it's an empty arena match. Mm, mm, um, mm. Charles Samuels. <laughs> He's got the money out. He's got it round four, 11 to one. That's what he's backing in the Heritage Cup match with A-Kid versus Dar. Dar is defending champ. Round one begins with a filling out process. Include A-Kid take him to the ropes where Dar needs a breather. Hey, look, takeover works a bit better for Dar, so it's time for some early grappling. Dar can't get very far with his escape attempts and the round ends with A-Kid cranking away. Round two begins with A-Kid grabbing a cravat, taking Dar down. Back up, Dar goes after the arm for grabbing a headlock of his own. 
Uh, we see a European clutch for two. Aki grabs a front face lock and cranks away until the round ends. Into round three begins with Dave for a change and sends a charge at Aikid over the top. A kick to the face from a draping DDT position rocks Aikid. Some knees to the face make it work. So Nova Roller is blocked. Zadar so kicks the leg out instead. And now the Nova Roller can finish Aikid for the first four at 1 minute 36 of the round and 8 minutes 32. Uh, round four begins with Dar going right after him but getting pulled into an arm bar. That's broken up with Dar hits him in the face. Set up a roll up with the feet of the ropes for two. The referee catches and the fair is cheating. Sends him outside only to have Samuels break up the big dive. They both beat the clock back in where Dar elbows him in the face. Aikid fights back so Samuel gets on the apron only to have Aikid springboard up. Hit a moonsault DDT to plant Dar for the tying pin of 234 of the round. Samuel, Samuel screams a lot as he's just lost everything because of his bets, even as Dar is barely, <laughs> is barely able to stand. Uh, and that move looked beautiful as well for Aikid <laughs> jumping across. Really good stuff. Yeah. And then round five begins with Aikid missing a charge, getting knocked, Dar on top, hits a butterfly suplex for two. They trade attempted arm bars, so Aikid grabs a German suplex. Uh, Dar blocks another one low, pushing to an arm bar to be counted. Uh, Dar... The round ends before the count with Dar getting it. Uh, but we see the submission transitions were excellent in the fifth round. It kind of changed up a little bit. And then round six. Uh, and again, really good stuff for the two. The Nova Road is cut off with a jumping super kick to give Aikid two. Uh, with 30 seconds to go, Dar hits him in the face for two, but gets pulled into the Omerplutter as time expires to end round six. Meaning Dar retains the cup. I mean, post-match Samuels is crushed over being poor, but celebrates with Darty end the show. Um, <laughs> before I get your thoughts on the match, my favourite chant might be da 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 da. It's just simple and effective. I've said it before. Mm-hmm. Say so again. Shah is the perfect corner man. Uh, what did you think? Yes. Oh, and he showed it in this match. He is the perfect corner man. I agree a hundred percent. Uh, man, I, I, I like A-Kid. I want to start by pointing out that I do like A-Kid, but I came into this match very biased. And uh, <laughs> whenever Noam Dar is on the card, I'm rooting. I'm not being very, very uh, unbiased at all. So, A-Kid, I definitely uh, was rooting against you. But, uh, you know, I was excited to see, man, how their history, because, you know, they mentioned A-Kid beat him in the original tournament. So, uh, you know, I, I was excited to see, you know, uh, what happened is in this match as a fan, you know, also. So, but this match was just a master class, you know, honestly. I, you just sat back. I just sat back and I just enjoyed these guys doing what they do, you know. And uh, Shaw Samuels, like you said, greatest corner man ever. Like, he's just that dive spot and then his reaction after <laughs> being broke and how uh, animated he was. And, you know, and I, you know, I understood, you know, you lose a fortune, you know, I get it, but he sold it perfectly, you know, and he cracked me up and uh, the match was just tremendous. It was, it was tremendous. And uh, since I've been reviewing this, neither of these guys have had a bad match in my opinion, really. So uh, this was no, this was no exception, you know? Uh, and I thought, this is how you book a draw. You know, I've seen draws be underwhelming. I don't think I felt dissatisfied with the way it happened. You know, I was already ready to see it again after it happened. 
Well, this is the thing. Both men look like they actually disliked each other and naked, a little bit cocky at times as well during the match. But like right. it's a sensational main event. Not many draws get a stand and ovation. And it's, exactly. it's really good to hear you say as well. Really nice to think. Because, you know, I'm so into NXT UK, sometimes I think it might be a bit biased. But it's good that you're seeing the same thing as I am for May Kid oh, no, this is, and Dark as well. Yeah. Yes. We'll move on January 27th and uh, the video package hype tonight's huge main event until the usual opening intro rolls, which is not the same as the old theme. It wouldn't be NXT if I didn't say that. Um, in the arena, Dive Familia enters the studio in the first match of the night. Dive Familia versus Gallus. Uh, Raja avoids the Glasgow send-off and drops Joe with a backstabber tagging in Dempsey. Joe tags in Mark. Gallus connects with a total elimination for two, but Tierman jumps Joe out of the ring. He kicks Joe in the face. Mark blasts Tierman off the apron, and Mark hits a double-handed chop and tags in Wolfgang, but Raja pulls Mark out of the ring. Wolfgang goes for the power slam, but Tierman counters with a chop block. Dempsey makes Wolfgang tap out to the STF, and we just talked about it on NXT we get on NXT UK as well. Gallus had been the firm around for years. And now we've finally seen this new... And what an unbelievable match. And Gallus tapping out, you know? Yeah, man. What a statement, you know, this was for the familiar in, in my... Uh, De Familia. Uh, De Familia. De Familia. I don't know. I, I'll, be playing, I'll be saying it in all types of different ways. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, this was a good match uh, to kick off the show. And, you know, Dempsey, you know... Really benefited here from Dempsey, and well, and of course the Camille, uh, really benefited here from this victory because we know what Gallus is all about. Like you said, they have been the the uh, you know the gold standard of if you want to talk about factions or you want to talk about three men or you know more than two people uh, when it comes to uh, NXT UK and just being you know what they are. They they are we know what they are. We know who Gallus is and what they what they mean to NXT UK. So, for, like you said, for that to happen and then for it to be a submission to make, and for Dempsey to make another Gallus member tap out, his second per, second one now. So it's just like it, it meant a lot in my opinion. I think it's the right thing to do because you need to establish this new, uh, you know, family and this new faction in this situation. I, I I have no problem with that. And yeah, like, can you believe it? You know, I think I think it was a big victory and it was uh, it was due. And like you gotta you gotta believe they look at Dempsey. And see a future, you know, you know, world champion. Yeah, without that, he is just on point at this moment yeah. in time. We get a promo package with Jack Styles and Dave Matthews exchange words with Ashley Smith and Oliver Carter ahead of their upcoming NXT UK Tag Team Championship number contendership match. We see backstage Jordan Devon is shown loosened up in the locker room. Ginny struts away to the arena. It's time for NXT UK Women's Division action. Ginny versus Amel. And Ginny punches Amel in the ribs and kicks her in the gut. But Mel now is Ginny with a running pump kick. Ginny with two sharp elbows. Mel hits a bridging Northern Lights suplex for two. And Ginny denies the hope breaker and continues to hammer down the back of Mel's neck, using the middle rope for leverage to pick up the victory. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, but both women have got this fire of like this intensity. <laughs> you know, I just can't quite yeah. think of it. You would not want to get in an argument with them, I think it would be fair to say. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I agree. It's like the way uh, a male, like the passion she wrestles with, with the screams and all of that, and even with uh, and Jenny, like the attitude they both have that, like you said, that fire. And uh, but no, this, I, I I enjoyed the build of this match too. By the way, you know when Jenny was making her like her, you know, doing her heel promos and 
you know, she made some really good points and even uh, like why she's annoyed with the male story and all of that. So I was really looking forward to the match. And, you know, I thought this is OK, you know, and uh, I like how Jenny won the match, too, because it just really fit her character. Usually you don't really care for those type of match, those type of uh, victories. The only thing I didn't really like was that I thought the ref was like in perfect view to see <laughs> that she had the leverage advantage. But, you know, whatever, you know, these refs are blind. That ain't nothing new. That's a. A wrestling uh, folklore at this point. So, well, yeah. but even even cool. looking at these two, you know, you think it won't be long for either to be maybe called up, especially if Ginny and Walter's relationship becomes more serious as well. I yeah, mean, they're, they're quite ready. Ginny. You know, yeah. I mean, Ginny's knee's so vicious, the ground and pound. You know, that we just don't see it. I think enough in especially women's matches, and it's good that the feud maybe is getting started as well. Yeah. Excuse me. We see um, Andy and Nigel hype next week's NXT UK Women's Championship clash between Miko Saltmore and Blair Davenport, which will be contested under Japanese street fight rules. The NXT UK Women's Champion and a challenge exchange words in a promo package, and then the NXT University show leaving the studio per the request of Jordan Devlin. In the locker room, Nate Fraser lives his loss to Walter until Dean Familiar steps in to confront him, and Andy has a serious voice and he explains the rules of the main event with the NXT Championship, Ear Dragonoff versus Jordan Devlin. But before it even starts, Devlin headbutts Dragonoff and hits him with a ground and pound attack and posing with the NXT UK title with Devlin being in control. But probably say the majority of this ma- match, we see Devlin connects with Murphy's Law for two. He argues with the ref giving uh, Dragonoff a chance to get back in this. But Devlin still continues with the club and L smashes and the fish hooks Dragonoff as well. Dragonoff managed to hit a running Death Valley driver for a table for a two count. But Devlin talks smacks to Dragonoff and headbutts him again. And with Jordan Devlin's head, a headbutt is a very dangerous move as well. Devlin zip ties Dragonoff's hands behind his back and goes to the ground and pound attack. Uh, we see two chair shots as well, but Dragonoff avoids the concerto and with a leaping head kick, he then plants Devlin with a Tomito Moscow to up the victory. We talked about Dunn being able to do a lot ca- uh, table uh, cable tied. Again, Dragonoff proving here he doesn't even need two arms to beat Devlin. I thought this was a great right. match though because with no fan, you could hear every grunt, strike and shot. And Aya is just yes. so visual, you know? I agree. This match had a, a different vibe from that opening head, but like you mentioned, it was just, just it was, it, the match's intensity was off the charts. And even knowing, like, even if I didn't watch the few episodes before and heard the promo that Jordan Devlin was cutting on uh, Ilya Dragunov and his family, just knowing a little bit about the story, the intensity that Matt, you know, that personal build that led to this match, like, I thought that was just perfect. It just, it just, it was just perfect the way they did this. The banter was funny. Even when I didn't understand Dragunov, like, you could just tell through his passion. Like, even, like, through just his passion, you could tell what was going on. And, like, he is very animated. Like, no one works like that. No one screams. And, like, I don't care what you say. If you're watching that match and you're listening to the way, uh, you know, Dragunov is selling and some of the ways he was just – grunting in pain. It's like, how could you... You don't change the channel on somebody like that if you see what I'm trying to say. Like, it's so... It was so compelling, in my opinion. You know, and like you said, the screens and pain, it just, it just worked. It worked in this match. I, I never really thought about how how good of an empty arena uh, could be 
for personal type blow off matches. And I thought this was really, really great. It was an extreme level of brutality, especially when, like you said, once his arms were restrained, it looked like things were going to get pretty bad. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when he, when he got out of there, like the, the way they set up the finish, all that was well executed. And I didn't want to mention it early because I knew we had to talk about this, but you know, since Pete Dunn did his after this, you know, did he watch this match and they got a little bit inspired? You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking of you know, now that I think about it because I think, this match was a, a couple of weeks or something before that. So, you know, anyway, that's just that was just me thinking about it when I saw it. But we either cannot, way, go, this is great. We this cannot great. confirm or deny. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. Do but that. it was but great. Either way, if, it go. If anybody's looking at LXC UK, though, we'll be done. It's like probably said, Pete. Yeah. With E uh, being so visual, you just get, get behind him in this. But definitely did great. Ever since he's come back mm-hmm. from America after the Cruiserweight title run, he's, he's kind of star... And he looked tough him. as hell. Yeah. Like, he was in there. Like, he kicked out some stuff where it's like, really? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so definitely came out of this looking great, too, in my opinion. And the other thing as well, people talk about W repeating matches. The empty arena match the last time was 23 years previously with, of course, yeah. Mankind. And Another great a, one. A bit of yeah, history I love that there. Match. Uh, we get yeah. to the 3rd of February, the first match, Dave Massive and Jack Stars versus Lashley Smith, Lord LaCarta in the finals of the Lumber Contendership Tournament for the WNXC UK Tag Team Championship. That might be the longest paragraph I ever have read, uh, but Mustache Mountain enjoying the commentary team for this match. Massive and Smith are tagged in. Massive with a overhead belly-to-belly suplex, headbutt in the midsection of Carter, and Massive says Carter crashing to the outside, but he ignores Stars. He goes for into the void, but Smith ducks out the way. He tags in Carter and Carter with a shotgun meteora. Uh, Smith close eyes Mastiff, and then Smith and Carter connect with the assisted moonsault to pick up the victory. Uh, this was a, maybe a little bit surprising. Uh, maybe Mastiff will soon turn on Stars. But I'm, I'm a fan of Smith and Carter. I think they're improving every week. What were your thoughts yeah. on this match? Yeah, I think Smith and Carter look, look like you said, better every time I see them. And uh, this was just really good, smart, good and smart, logical stuff, in my opinion, because I, I think even in the commentary when Mustache Mountain joined Nigel and, uh, you know, Nigel in the commentary, they mentioned it uh, that, you know, Carter and Smith had more, had more of a tenure as a team and usually the more cohesive team wins these matches. And that one moment of not being on the same page or whatever, or actually a couple moments, because it was a couple moments where he didn't tag in Jack Stars for something. He didn't, he didn't, tag, he didn't tag in Stars for some reason. I have no reason. I, I really didn't even understand it at the time. But obviously they have trust issues or whatever. And uh, and that was an important moment in the match. So uh, once he ignored him, you know, I knew the more he ignored him, the more it would probably come back on him. And the upset, I guess, if you want to call it that, was was in. And I have no problem with it because, like you said, Carter and Smith are, are only getting better. I think Demi Mustache Mountain will have a, a compelling match for the titles. And uh, this is this is positive. I don't know. And like you said, maybe Masters of Stars break up or whatever uh, is coming down. Maybe it makes them stronger as a team down the line. They find, You know, they get over their trust issues. Who knows? But... Again, it's just another one of those things where you uh, you want to see where the story goes, and I think NXT UK do a really good job of keeping everything simple and just going to the next logical step in the story. In my opinion, I think that's what this was. Yeah, I think without a doubt, you know, it's it's interesting to see what happens. But the thing with Dave Mastiff is that if you want a tag team partner, don't pick 
a jobber. You know, don't pick stars. <laughs> go for, you know, do you know what I mean? Pick our yeah, especially if, if you're just going, especially if you're going to pick the jobber and then have issues with working <laughs> with the jobber, like. Right, okay. Yeah, we know he's shit. Right. He's been losing all his <laughs> matches. That, that's what he does. Um, a kid trying to teach Saxon Huxley some etiquette. All I'm going to say is this is the <laughs> most two point. It's the most two point thing ever on the show. I think would be fair to that's, say that's probably true. But I, I did enjoy it because I didn't even understand his purpose, and it, uh, <laughs> it, it was just so, it was so. I don't know why it, it made me chuckle because I was like. Why? Because that's the only thing I was like. I was just like, why is this happening? What do they even have in yeah. common that, that led him to be like, you know what? I'm gonna try to civilize Huxley. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, it didn't make any sense. And then Nathan <laughs> Fraser was jumped by D Familia in the parking lot. And then we get Isla Dawn versus Myla Grace. Uh, with Dawn standing on Grace's back, tugging her hair, dropping her a running knee strike. Uh, we get a forearm exchange, though, with Dawn reversing out of an Irish rip from Grace. But Grace did hit a tilt with her head scissors and blocks a blue, uh, boot from Dawn as well and hit the Tornado DT for a two count. Uh, Dawn with a heavy body shorts uh, hits a roundhouse kick, connects with a singing, swinging side slam to pick up the victory. I think it's good stuff. Dawn just picking up the wins. Looks like she might be a challenger down the road. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, man. You know, and Mala Grace looked capable here. You know, she's a capable new face. So, you know, but this went predictably how we probably figured it would. And, uh, you know, I don't know where we're going with this with Isla, but like you said, she keep picking up these, she's picking up steam, victory after victory. So, you know, it has to lead to a title shot or some type of encounter uh, down the line that, that, you know, will make this more than just picking up victory. She'll get into a storyline before you know it. Uh, well, Britain's favourite TV presenter, Neva, Nina Samuels, picked up a fight with a male backstage. A male told her they're certainly in the Everyone ring. is picking a fight with a male, by the way. I just, you know. All she did it? was tell a story, and but, it's like, you know what? To be fair, Nina, <laughs> Nina didn't do a lot wrong. She asked a couple of questions. Like I said, a male would fight anyone, I reckon. So, Nina, he could ask, <laughs> how are you? She's like, yeah, I'll fight you next it's like what the fuck a man was like the people in, what about you and these people in your community and you look like an absolute like you hopeless is what she said you look hopeless but you're telling me Nina Salyas didn't do anything that would have offended her well, not, oh not, yeah she's just know. a great journalist she's a good journalist um Sam, uh-huh. Sam Gradwell knows not everyone likes him but he's not a cockfight you'll run from a fight and Kenny Williams is the next target <laughs> Gallus want in on Supernova Sessions, but Dar and Shah turned them down in favour of Jordan Devlin. And also next week, TMN faces Nathan Fraser. But the main event was the NXT UK Women's Championship Japanese street fight, Mika Satomura versus Blair Davenport. And Satomura wisely headed to the outside. Davenport sends Satomura chest first into the barricade. Um, Satomura with three sharp elbow strikes and the overhead kick as well, followed by the mid kick. Satomura then goes, that's not enough. And Raps are still chaining him out of a boot. <laughs> with a <laughs> but then Davenport repeatedly whips Satomura with a kendo stick. And kicks her in the face, brings out a trash can. She rolls more chairs and kendo sticks into the ring. And she puts Satomura's fingers inside the turnbuckle bar. But Satomura manages to fight out. Uh, we see Davenport with more clubbing kendo shot sticks. 
Uh, and with Davenport applies a kendo stick clutch, as it's called. Um, Davenport collects a flying double foot stomp on a ring apron. But as she goes off the top, mm. it's like she's favoring her left ankle, which forced the referee to call for the match. And Davenport put the stretcher to close. Um, I mean, first off, before we get to the instant, hard hitting would be an understatement between these two women up until that yes. point. Yes, um, it's physical. Very, very physical. Definitely a Japanese street fight. Uh, I, I loved it. It was it was intense, you know. And you know, I was glad that the audience who were unfamiliar with just how Vlad Davenport, how like how long her mean streak goes, you know what I mean? Because like she can really go there, and like she was starting to show just like how brutal she can be. And Mako was being creative, also like you mentioned, nunchucks and chains at times. Uh, but yeah, man, what a shame! What a shame the way this match ends. Yeah, it's, it's a damn shame she was injured. It's not the first time like this has happened in NXT UK. I mean, especially me showing you for the past year or so, we sitting here dragging off, you know, yeah. and uh, and of course Rampage Brown as well. And and this is just unfortunate, you know, Blair screaming on the landing because you always wonder is this going to be a part of the story or not. And with the yeah. screams and the replays, uh, I still believe Blair might dethrone the champ, but it looks like she'd be away. And, it's have to wait. It, it was, and that's another thing. It was looking like it was going to go her way. I agree. It really was looking like this was probably going to go her way. It's going to probably be a big moment for her, you know, in a in a big spot. And like you said, and, but when I, I saw that replay, uh, I just seen it. And it was just like, not only did it like the, the ankle, you know, looked how it did, but she, she, all the weight fell on it. So it was just, it, it looked very bad. So, you know, it was good stuff up to that point, too. So, man, it was just such a shame. But, that, you know, that that is this business, you know, and that is how, how it goes. And like you said, not the first time we've seen it, and it won't be the last time. We just hope, we hope that when we're, when we're being entertained by these, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that this does not happen. You know, and, uh, but yeah, it was sad, man, because uh, like I said, it looked like it, they were doing really well before that. We'll move on February 10th, our penultimate episode of NXT UK. Andy Shepard and Nigel Beginners course on commentary. And Mel versus Nina Samuels to start. The two went back and forth early before Samuels evaded the running. Kicked in the corner by Rollins to the ringside. She beat up a Mel on the outside and continued onslaught in the ring. She hit a twisting sling slot splash for near fall and locked in a chin lock. But Mel came back with a clothesline and a senton. She eventually hit the running knee into the corner, followed by the hope breaker for the pin. Uh, I thought this was a good opener. I'm a fan of both. Yeah, this is this is really, really good. You know, uh, like I said, and I'm digging this a male push, you know, like like I said, I mentioned that everybody has a problem with the male, but I, I like it, you know, especially when you think about when, like when I first encountered her, I didn't really know that she would actually turn out to be like a, a, a person that's perfect for like a baby face push, you know, not only because of her background, but like, you know, the, like even her name, you know what I mean, can make her a great baby face and like so like and what it translates to so like uh it, it makes her character very very strong and uh and I, like i said i think nina samuels is great i think we both have talked about that how 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 much we, how highly we think of nina and uh you know she did a good job trying to spoil a, a male's momentum here but you know this is just really good i thought this was solid i didn't have a problem with this at all like i said i like both ladies and i think they did what they needed to do everything worked out there's more etiquette training with Aiken and Saxon Huxley, a kid trying to teach him to say 
The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. And Huxley screamed the lyrics and mixed them up. As Akid left, he calmly corrected recited them. Mm-hmm. As Akid, uh, a very nice man, when Akid returned, he screamed again. I don't know mm. what they're trying. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> no answers. Um, Dar and Shah entered their dressing room. Someone snuck up behind them, stole the Heritage Cup trophy, and locked them in Someone. the room as they screamed. Well, I say so, again. I don't want to just because <laughs> I don't want to be anti-Gallus, but you know, I would say that they did steal this item uh, and lock them in there as well. But again, I don't want to be biased. Got that confirmed pretty quickly, dude. Uh, a recap of last week's match between Blair Davenport and Miko, where of course Davenport hurt. There was no medical update because of course it was all taped on the same day uh, clip air from last week's tag team tournament finals as well uh, we see Ashton Smith a lot of the car confronting Mustache Mountain the teams were friendly but Mustache Mountain told them that they would be on top for the foreseeable future that match will take place in two weeks and it wasn't the Supernova Sessions it was Gallus Boys on top with Jordan top. Devlin they hijacked <laughs> our show and branded it Gallus Boys on top Mark Coffey was host with Joe and Wolfgang on the couch. They called out Joan and Devlin. <laughs> Devlin was annoyed, but Coffey promised to conduct the interview as a professional. They asked Devlin uh-huh. what was next after losing to Ian Dragunov. Dar and Shah arrived, walking up the set. Of course, they were upset. They argued back and forth with Dar, claiming that Joe Coffey would never be his champion as long as he was around. Dar grabbed the Heritage Cup, but Joe held on to it, told Dar to enjoy it while he had it. Fuck them up, Darwin Shah. Don't let anybody embarrass you. Um, what did you think of Gallus? Because they're showing their babyface slash comedy chops as well. Yeah, you know, I thought this was really entertaining. Uh, you know, I almost was like, uh, I even was even in, uh, impressed with, with uh, you know, uh, Devlin's timing, you know, and some of the things he said. And like, saying, oh, this interview's supposed to be about, you know, Jordan Devlin. Everyone kind of just... <laughs> even even though I'm darn shy, I'm like no, you know, you know, we don't really care about you. But anyway, <laughs> this is no, it was great. This was this was fun. I had no problem with it, and then it, it set up multiple things too because I almost forgot about uh, you know, I didn't forget that that they stretched out his jackets, <laughs> but I forgot about the Ray Bands. Or like it, 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 it handled multiple things. Uh, at one time perfectly and I thought it was entertaining overall so I didn't have a problem with it well that well, speaking of jackets uh, that is a theme for this episode because Jack Styles was backstage looking at Dave Mastiff's jacket and why mm-hmm. can't I get one of these um, Styles said last week Mastiff didn't tag him in a match he said he wants to be like Mastiff and earn his respect uh, well you need to start eating young Jack that's, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> But Massive said he'll think about it. And why are they having this conversation bef- now after they were in the tag team tournament? Like, surely yeah. you would have, don't call me Shirley, you should have this match, uh, had this conversation before the match. And then Kenny Williams cut a promo on Sam Grant saying he's not afraid of a thunderstorm because all a thunderstorm really does is come, makes a lot of noise for a little while, and then just passes. And again, the stuff going on with. I know I love Sam Bradwell, but Kenny Williams and the scum character is mm-hmm. really working. And it is, you know, even when you think about it, you go, yeah, that's 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 really, really good stuff, you know. Yeah, man, he's, he's really, really good. And, like, I don't get out here and repeat what I say about him living up to his name on purpose. It's like he really does it in a, in a perfect way. It's just like I, I really like everything that he's been doing as of late. So, yeah, I, I think it's really it's going well. 
Well, up next, A Kid versus Saxon Huxley. Why the fuck are these having a match when they were just trying to help? But still, see, it did none of this made a lick of sense because I was confused too. I was like, "Why are they fighting? <laughs> have a tag match? You never heard of tag matches? They're like, we've right. got to have a match, but you know, we can't be friends until we face each other. Like them, the rules. You've you've heard what was going on." Um, but yeah. Akid versus Saxon Huxley. Akid uses technique to control Huxley, but Huxley uses power to fool him. Uh, we see Huxley kick manhandling a smaller man until Akid managed to lock in the octopus hold. He hit a flying super kick, but Huxley grabbed his wrist. Akid followed an insecurity, but Huxley would not let go. Akid then hit a springboard moonsault into a DDT for the pin and the win. Huxley was upset after the loss, but still shook Akid's hands. I guess this is tough love. I'm not going to lie. I did find it a little bit boring because I'm not really invested in Saxon Huxley. I don't mind A-Kid, but this is not going to build personality for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, this match is better than I anticipated, though, you know. But uh, I, I'm not surprised it was good because A-Kid was in it, you know, first of all. So I'm not surprised it was good in my in that way. And I understand what you're saying about it being boring. But, you know, it, you know, a little bit that they were trying to make a point that you know, Huxley was fighting a little bit more measured here. So it's the story that maybe that he uh, AK is getting to him is, is fine with me. But I can understand what you're saying, not being invested in Huxley, because I think that's what this is. This is an attempt to try to uh, expand on him a little bit more. So they're trying to use AK to do it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I But also, by the way, this is just this show me how refreshing it is and even though A-Kid tied with Noam Dar, instead of a rematch, they both moved on to a new challenge. So it's just like, that's refreshing. Like, I know maybe down the line they will fight again, but we don't have to rush it. They don't have to do anything. They can just, they don't have to do it. They can go back to, uh, they can do other stuff. And I'd probably rather A-Kid would be chasing it in a way. Maybe I probably would prefer him doing something like that. But at the end of the day, I do like, some, you know, throwing in something new. Right there, instead of the uh, predictable, let's do a rematch type of thing. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, Gallus walking backstage being goofy. Wolfgang departed from the group and promptly was attacked by Devin with a chair. Devin had yeah. his sunglasses, which Wolfgang had stolen some time back. A-Kid was interviewed about his match with Huxley. He said he thought that Huxley had found himself. But TM and Rahan Raja walked up and glared at A-Kid. Charlie Dempsey briefly stopped to stare at A-Kid to acknowledge him. Dempsey acknowledged him back. Those two going at it is going to be a technical masterpiece, yes. you know. And then the main event, Nathan Fraser versus Tierman. We see Fraser dominate straight in Tierman, but uh, Tierman eventually caught Fraser off a springboard attempt and dropped him throat first across the top rope. And Tierman was firmly in control, grinding Fraser down with a headlock. Fraser managed to escape and threw Tierman to ringside, but Tierman trapped him with a ring apron as he slid to the outside, but Fraser came back with a moonsault off the barricade. Tierman used the ring apron again to blindside Fraser and stomp in the head and the neck. We see Tierman stomping Fraser's neck, but he managed to hit an insecurity, went to the top rope. Both Raja and Dempsey tried to distract him, allowing Tierman to sneak up on him from behind. But Fraser still managed to elbow Tierman off him and then hit a Phoenix Splash to pin the head of the Familia. <laughs> when when two guys can't help you, maybe it's time to give up. I don't yeah. know. Um, I would That's normally true. moan about the leader losing, but I think Fraser was maybe due a win. I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, I, I thought about that too. Like, man, I thought this was kind of like not that good. I didn't think 
I think they could have used that victory. You know, I think Spencer Tillman could have used that. This was solid, though. You know, I didn't have no problem with it. And, like, Frazier was definitely impressive again. And, and if you thought that losing uh, to Walter was, like, uh, you know, horrible on his uh, – he needed to get some heat back from that, which I don't think so. I think, you know, being in the ring with Walter on this farewell is a is just a nod to how good, you know, they think they, they think he is. So, uh, anyway, besides that, uh, I, this was fine, though. I didn't have a problem with – the contest, and like you said, you know, we all know that Frazier has a bright future. I want to know what he does next, but uh, it wasn't so. It wasn't a bad deal, you know. Uh, and but yeah, it's kind of amazing, like you said, that he counted the numbers game so well. When you know, you would think that's why you start a family, like you know, you start this family, you start that, so you can have the numbers advantage and take advantage. And you know, for it for it to not work out like that, you know, it also makes me wonder. It's like Will Tillman if he continued to let them down and like, that, could this be a way to make, you know, uh, you know, make, uh, you know, Dempsey the leader, you know, or maybe something, maybe a conflict down the line. I don't want to think that far ahead because they just, you know, they're new, they're still new, but still it's something to think about, but yeah, this is fine. Uh, other than like you said, the leader losing like that. Yeah, like I said, but it adds an extra layer, you know, like you're talking yeah. about now, you go with Dempsey looking so good. I'm a choice near falls. It was a good main event, you know. We should say yeah. there's no fans for the show as well, which is a bit of a shame. Hopefully we'll be back in a few weeks. Uh, but we move on right. to our last NXT UK, February 17th. Like we said, an empty BT Sports Studios with Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness. We get Sam Gradwell versus Kelly Williams to start, or do we? That Kenny Williams hobbles out on crutches, claiming he's got an injury. The assistant to the regional manager pops up on the video screen <laughs> to shoot down Kenny's doctor. Conveniently. I mean, what are the chances, you know? Uh, we get going. Uh, Williams grabs Gradwell by the mohawk, so Sam grabbed uh, in ears. He got free for an irate freeze. Williams for slam. Uh, Gradwell stomping by the ropes for Gradwell gets caught as well. We get forearms and a back body drop. They have Gradwell ahead as does a release butterfly suplex for an SCO. Nearly won it, but Williams pulls Gradwell into the ropes and then baited him. But we get the old SummerSlam night, and it's eventually spotted as Gradwell sat down on a sunset flip to nick the win. Uh, but afterwards, yeah. we see Williams jabs Gradwell with a stolen crutch, and he got some scissors at a toolbox from under the ring. Uh, Williams then. Oh, man shockingly trims the mohawk yes the mohawk of the, mohawk. the thing that gives him all the power you know it would be the same as smashing achilles heel or samson's hair or uh trying to think uh taking away Volta's <laughs> chops or darth vader's lightsaber you know it is just incredible um the match itself for me though I don't think it was long enough. And Kenny Williams is the last man standing for now, laughing about cutting the hair of Gradwell. But could, this could have been 20 minutes and I wouldn't have complained. Yeah, man. It didn't really... Yeah, it was over before you know it. I think it was done like within within like five to seven minutes. Of, it was like seven minutes into the show. I think the match was over, I thought. Something like that. But uh, anyway, uh, it was fine. You know, like you said, I didn't have a problem with it. You definitely could... Watch this all the time. By the way, I, I mentioned it's very convenient time by seeing in literally standing in medical, right? <laughs> As Kenny is, is, is in the middle of lying about being hurt. It's just so convenient that he's checking on that right at that moment. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the match, like I said, was fine. 
You know, I was, I'm glad Grant was a win at least. You know, because he, you know, he had been losing a lot of these spots, but so it's it good that he got got the win. But like you said, the more interesting part was the brutal attack and you know saving the Mohawk. And, you know, embarrassing by the way. I'm sure, I'm sure it's embarrassing. And like you said, that's his power. I didn't even think about it like that. That's his power supply. And I'm sorry, but uh, you know, he's pretty much bald anyway. So you know, hopefully he gets what? some payback. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fine, sir. How dare! I mean, talk about you won't like it when he's angry. I'm joking. I'm joking. Kenny Williams, good. Kenny Williams made a mistake by cutting the hair of Gradwell. Like we said, you wouldn't like it when he's angry. Uh, Backstage, Gallus are laughing at clips of of them last week, but Wolfgang's not laughing. He's upset about being attacked and slams a locker. Uh, He's laughing last week, the week before. He's laughing a lot. You know he's annoyed. And and Mark, he's just warm, man. You know, Joe's still not selling it a lot. Um, but they leave too. With the TV, why don't you turn the TV off? Save electric, hey. Anyway, Zia ha- Brookside's happy to be him and gets interviewed. She's all uh, bratty. Um, this is great, man. <laughs> because they've been raving about a male. She gets asked a question and goes, well, I'm going to ask Daddy. I'm going to get Daddy to sort this out. It works because this is what everybody thinks. <laughs> it's simple. Yeah, this is it. Oh, it was perfect. It was so perfect. It's just like, again, another person attacking a male. It's like the whole division. It's like, you know what, man? Screw your story. <laughs> like, everybody. But again, uh, no, it was, this is great. And it t- said, this is so much better than what uh, Tiffany Stratton, Stratton's version of this oh, character yeah. is, in my opinion. The stereotype that Tiffany Stratton is, I really like this one because, like you said, people think that's how it is. Anyway, she has a legendary father, you know, in the business. Like being that spoiled brat, she's do- she's doing it really well. well this if you is... ask me, and so I like this. I really like this. That's the thing as well. People say to me, "Well, we've not mentioned Tiffany Stratton on the NXT update, guy. I don't need to. I've got Zara Brookside." Very simple. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A much better version of that story. I, I promise you. I'm telling you guys. It's so much better. <laughs> we get some more wacky vignettes. This time for Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff. Of course, he wants that leather vest. Jack's got to do free squats for an hour to show he's in peak condition. Uh, except Dave forgets, and two hours later, he's reminded. Challenge two is an eating contest, which involves eating a load of Weetabix dry. Finally, Jack's got to show courage, but he backs out of streaking through the performance centre. Thank God. Uh, backstage, Sam Gradwell on the wall path for kicking Williams, uh, for Kenny Williams, <laughs> and he's kicking door downs. Should be kicking Williams, to be fair, the way Sam is looking through the door. And then uh, Angel Hayes versus <laughs> Mackenzie. Uh, it's been nearly three months since Mackenzie had a match in NXT UK, but she locks up with the current ICW Women's Champion. Uh, Hayes gets free and tries some flash pins for scoring a hip toss. Front suplexes box as Mackenzie come back with shoulder. Hayes gets free, hits some uppercuts, and then a back elbow in a corner for a sling blade, then he calls the upset. Mackenzie returns with a death lift back suplex before she rolled down for a Hayes super kick. A second wall bow from Hayes ends in a wall bow face buster, and that is it. But Hayes, I think, looks really good in this one. Uh, Mackenzie, I think, needs some character development. Oh, oh, oh my god! You took the words right out of my mouth. That's the only thing I think she's missing. I think in the ring, like, uh, and, and then they mentioned that she's trained with Pete Dunne, and we know that she's under the learning tree of Mako. So it's like, based on the skill level of her mentors, she's obviously she obviously have a bright future, man. So it's like, 
especially on their brand. So, like, uh, I think something is missing, and, and what's missing, like you said, is from, is from a character standpoint. But in the ring, I think she's right on track. So this is fine, solid stuff. And like you said, I agree, uh, even with the predictable uh, finish or whatever, because, uh, you know, Angel Hayes hasn't been represented on NXT UK as much. Uh, Angel Hayes looked really, really good in defeat here. And, you know, so uh, I have no problem with it. I do love the way that they do their, if you want to say their squash matches, they're, you know, like I say, like I said, we kind of have an idea going into it who may win, but they're so well worked. You never know. Like, it can always be an upset with NXT UK, especially, you know, in some of these matches in the women's division. So this was good. Yeah, without a doubt. The air at WWE.com exclusive. As Andy Shepard interviews Nathan Fraser, who's happy to won last week, they talk about the Walter match. Paul Fraser straight up called Ear Dragon off for his title shot. So again, makes sense. Ear can have a, a successful title defense, and Fraser can get a little bit more limelight, and that's what a victory last week means as well. I'm glad wins and losses kind of still matter in NXT UK. It's not like someone, you know, who's lost a couple. It's not like Tierman will be in line for an NXT UK title shot next. You know, it's actually got to be someone's on a bit of a roll. That's why right, right. Eve Ryla Dawn, if someone says, like, now she's getting a shot, you could understand it because she's been picking up wins. Exactly. Because she's been winning. Exactly. She's established herself as a force. You know, even at, even as we continue on with the male, if a male can get a, another fight with Jenny and she keeps get fighting the entire division, you can, it'll be believable that she can get another shot at makeup. So, yeah. Yeah, without that, we're at a familiar gaff for a, a vignette as well. And Charlie Dempsey walking up to a window just so he can stare out of it moodily. Uh, Tiemann's unhappy he lost last week, but declared that he'd not be a loser as long as the family wins. Dempsey says a loss will make the family closer, and that's a promise. There was great stuff. <laughs> like, the way it was filmed, and even the three masks oh, yeah. the on way it looked. the wall. Oh, yeah, like, I yeah. Right, it was really well done. Like, the symbolism I think they were trying to show, and you know, the way they, they played it out. And also, again, Dempsey looks – he don't look like just uh, Tillman's flunky. He looks like somebody who is a vital member of this of this group, uh, you know, already, even though he's the newest face of the group. So, you know, I, I really like that, too. And like you said, what they said to each other. And looking at this very, very optimistic, like you, you lose in that situation. Like you said, the three of y'all, one guy. They look very, it was very optimistic about that, but I like it. I like, uh, like you said, the way it was shot. And I, I, like I said, I'm expecting big things. I don't know, maybe a Heritage Cup, maybe and tag team champions in the future, or even bigger aspirations for this uh, faction. If you know, uh, depending on how things can, you know, go going forward. Well, this is the thing about ED Familiar as well is that you can see Raja and Tierman go for maybe tag team titles and British. And then bringing to the question, like, who's the true leader? If Tim and saying, oh, it's right. you, you guys are successful, but what point does it come now? You have to ask questions, you know. And like I said, we are building it up, but they've put the groundwork in, and so many times mm-hmm. they don't. And now we've got, like, a kind of point to kind of work back and look back on, you know, in a few months' time. Uh, Myla Grace mm-hmm. versus Stevie Turner next. Uh, this was Turner's first match here in three months. In a while. Uh, t- Turner's not won since successful shot of Miko Satamora last summer. Uh, we see Turner eating a kick to the head, then gets pulled into a chin lock for a running knee lift, dropped her for a near fall. Back to a chin lock from Turner, but Grace breaks the hold as she fought back, into a short arm clothesline, some regular ones too. A 619 as Turner was in the ropes, followed the Tornado DT for a near fall, only for Turner to hit a kick and the side effect 
for the win. I don't know about you, but there is nothing 4D in this still. I mean, I don't know how long I have to watch it <laughs> before I see say this was past. Or futuristic. Yeah, futuristic. Yeah, or you know, futuristic like, what the... either. Like, what's so what's so futuristic? She, she beat somebody with the side effect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't really. It's not innovative, but anyway, it's fine. It's fine. I'll leave it alone. Uh, I'm not. I'm not as down on Stevie as you are, but I do understand what you mean. Uh, every time you mention it, I still don't know what four dimensional. What's so what they? I'm, I'm out of it. But anyway, uh, I thought this, like you said, well worked, passable. Uh, is a great way to put it. You know, Mila Grace. Actually, I think every time I've seen her in the last few times she's been out there, you know, even though we know it's in a losing effort, she's she's showing something. You know what I mean? So I think she has something that you can build on. And uh, you know, uh, and you know, with time, she probably will be more important to the show. I don't know, but uh, this match really just didn't have my investment. So I'm with you on it being just passable. I wouldn't really, I didn't really mind or really care what was going on. It was it was a good TV level match, I but you know, you. nothing stuck out. Yeah, and I'll tell you something as well, and um, if anybody ever thinks My Bias Phoenix UK, I think this episode is probably the one out of all of them. I know we haven't got the main event yet, but it just kind of, apart from the Sam Gradwell, obviously, Kenny Williams part, I just felt this was just filling time, you know, after, especially with two women's matches yeah, back I agree. to back, that just kind of meant I agree. nothing, you know. But again, uh, yeah. we'll see if the main event can see um, backstage that we'll be celebrating Miko Satamora next week, so I wonder who's going to be interrupting her to set up a match. And Mustache Mountain, look forward to the UK title right. defence uh, as well. Tyler's looking more and more like Trent these days. It's a bit weird. I think one day someone's going to tell him that they actually is his father. Um, but, <laughs> you know, we're not going to that point yet. Uh, next week we get Zia Brookside versus Amel. Uh, and of course, we'll bring that to you next month along with a tag team Oh, but one last match for NXT update this month, and it's Jordan Devlin versus a Wolfgang. A company is trying to compare Devlin to Patrick Bateman, American Psycho. Probably not the most PG-rated uh, thing to do. But we start Wolfgang grabbing a chin bar for <laughs> another plug for the Saudi show. Wolfgang goes to the arm, but Devlin elbows his way free before he gets bullied down. Um, a brief brawl ends with Devlin being thrown back inside for a suplex, and it's back to it. Uh, Devlin low bridge. To the outside, being sent off the apron for an acai moonsault was caught. Devlin pushes free and posts to Scott instead for a return to the ring. It was his turn to go for the arm. Um, we see Devlin leaps over a spears. Wolfram crash into the buckles for a headbutt from Devlin connected. A slingshot cut from the apron back in nearly wins it as Devlin tries to push on, only to get caught with a spear. Wolfgang leaps up the top, only to get caught with one man Spanish fly before a full 50 splash from Devlin to get the win. Uh, what were your thoughts on this main event? Yeah, I think this is another fantastic, uh, you know, main event uh, for NXT UK. Like I said, you mentioned this show kind of just drags along uh, in a way. Uh, but, you know, this match, I don't think the effort the guys put in in this match were, were, were lost on me. I thought I came away impressed, like I said, sometimes with even with Wolfgang and how he looked, you know. Uh, I'm used to Devlin putting on notable performances, but I don't know. I, I wasn't sure how him and Wolfgang would actually gel in this situation, but it wasn't bad. And, I, you know, I think uh, Devlin have a lot of ways to win a match, and he showed another one in this one. So I didn't have a problem with the match. I thought it, it was really good, you know, especially on an episode where, you know, most of the show you can kind of take it or leave. Well, the thing is for me is 
was this a worthy main event? You know, and I know we can't have a top. It doesn't match. compare to what they've yeah. been doing. No, no, no. It's nowhere like near that. the level of Devlin and uh, nowhere near the empty arena. Nowhere near even uh, Blair Davenport and Mako one, in my opinion. The, like from a few, you know, earlier or Volta and uh, Frazier. So like, yeah, no, nah. no, it definitely probably went on that same level. But based on the rest of the show, I thought it was a. Uh, 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 upgrade, but that, I understand that they may not be saying too much. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. Look, I'm going to take some positives from it. Dev, Jordan Devlin, you know, like yeah. I said, they're building him up as a star. He can beat people like Wolfgang now. We don't even blink with a size disadvantage. We know no, he's at the level he's where... He's damn good, man. Exactly. He can't beat Ilya, Ilya Dragunov at the moment, but you wouldn't bet against him building up some victories and then coming back in six months' time or so, you know? Um, right. For me, this might not have been the best NXT UK, but with no fans and no takeover to aim for, this will continue in parts because there's no kind of end goal. Yes, we can build up to events every couple of weeks, you know, two or three or stuff like this. But at the end, it's this is what NXT UK is struggling against. I think, would you agree with that? Yeah, man, it's a lot of unfair, you know, things that's kind of out of their control. But yeah, you're kind of stuck in this, this this thing, you know, right now with the way things are in the world and just like with, uh, you know, what they're allowed to do. And, you know, uh, it's hard to even invest long term because you don't know what's, what's, what's going to be available and all that. So it's just a lot of stuff that, you know, they're always going to be kind of be in this funk. But I do think they do a really good job of making the best of what they got and what they've been a lot, what they've been able to do. Like, I think they've uh, they NXT UK. Maybe, like I said, these these batch of shows may not have been the best, or even especially that 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 last show. You can tell they were trying to put stuff together, and with the fans not being there, and all of the different things that's going on, it, it, it's a lot of stuff going on there at one time. But I think when you think about when you bring up the quality and like what they're able to do, and how good some of the stories are still are, in my opinion, they really do a good job of putting a competent putting competent product out there, even when you know. You can tell the show is in, you know, a flux in a way. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, and also, like I said, NXT UK next month, we're going to have the tag team titles on the line. We're going to find out who's yeah. next in line for Miko. We're probably going to get Ilya versus Nathan Fraser as well. Uh, and, of course, Sam Bradwell's Path of Destruction. So there are reasons, and like I said, there are reasons to tune in. And because NXT UK is still only an hour, we kind of get that beauty right. of the old NXT where even if you're watching, like I said, two or three programs together, it's not, you're not getting too much from it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not overbearing. It's not, you know, you don't go, oh, fucking hell. It's over before you can get offended. I think even with right. this episode, I'm going, yeah, nothing I drag. didn't enjoy it and it's done. Right, <laughs> right. nothing drags. Like, even when things, not like you said, not up to the quality you think it should be, it, it's not ever really there for that long. You know, it's not like a three-hour raw that can drag. You're like, oh my god, get me to you know, to, you know, get me out of here in a way. Sometimes when it's when it's bad. So, you know, I think the NXT, like you said, that hour does them wonders. And I do think, like I said, the mat, like I love what NXT UK is at in a lot of ways, like you mentioned, and uh, like the important matches when it's a big time match. Most of them are always going to be good to great. You know what I mean? The storylines always make sense, in my opinion, for the most part. They have guys and they have plenty of guys and girls that that bring very different elements to the table. You know what I mean? Uh, like just full divisions in a way. So like, 
and I think whoever books it do a very good job of keeping the story simple but still compelling. You know, and I don't think anybody used backstage segments and video packages better than them at this point. You know what I mean? I think they do a really good job in that department, also telling their story. So when it's good, it's really, really good. They definitely still have a lot of little issues they have to work through that some of it is out of their control in, in a lot. But I really still hope that WWE management stay away from this product <laughs> and leave it in its <laughs> little pocket because it's still yeah. good enough. And I love the way that they formatted everything now to where, uh, yeah, I don't think it needs to be left. I think it should be left alone. I don't think it needs to be bothered at all. So please just stay away from it and let them do what they're doing. <laughs> and it's great to hear that from, from someone who's kind of maybe, like I said, I'm not going to lie about my bias towards like NXT UK. Uh, no, it's but, a lot to like there, man. It's a lot yeah. to like. But even with, like we said, we, we've set the kind of stall for next month as well for our next update. Because obviously mm-hmm. we've got Ron Simmons of Broken Skull. We're going to have Ziggler and Chump and what's going on in NXT to vote now. And then we've got all the fun in NXT UK. So I think, you know, overall, might month but like we said we're set up for ne- for next one to see how it goes as well you know yeah you know and hopefully like you said we only got we're just getting really started you know still in this year you know we all know that i i, I just found out at the most recent year uh year end awards and all of that but the stuff that happened in january and february is going to feel like bizarro land by the time <laughs> we get to bizarro by the time we get to december this is all going to sound crazy as hell the stuff we're talking about right now so hopefully things only get better from here exactly <laughs> and the maddest thing would be what sam gradwell wasn't wwe champion in january february how how when when did, when did he <laughs> That's for you, Sam. Yeah, man. Um, oh, they changed Ilya Dragunov's name to, to Paul. <laughs> yeah, you just imagine it. Um, well, well, we'll leave it on that. We'll leave it on the positives, I suppose. That is it yeah. for today and NXT Update. Don't forget, of course, all social media at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Monty, where can people find and listen to you? Oh yeah, please anywhere you listen to a podcast, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, Spotify, uh we're uh, the Mind of Muncie podcast is what you type in. You can subscribe, check us out. Uh we've been doing a lot of fun stuff as of late over there with the Peacemaker series, uh that I really enjoy. So I hope y'all can check it check out our reviews and we also talk about more of the main roster and some of just wrestling headlines. I don't do as many show reviews as I used to, but sometimes it's a big show. Big pay per view. I review it, and also I uh, do. I love predicting and try to try my hand at stuff. So I predicted the chamber on my most recent episode. So follow me on Twitter at Mind Monty Pod. You know M I N D Monty M O N T Y Pod. So yeah, follow me there. Uh, you can find me in James's bio. So you can do that also. <laughs> That's be yeah. an easy way to follow me. So yeah, uh, check out everything there. You know I got links and. Uh, thank you, thank you for always having me here. It's always fun. So, yeah, man, check me out, please. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> it is always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, the Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram, of course, all Google platforms. Send us an email: the Dublin Podcast at gmail dot com. YouTube Dublin Podcast. We like clips. Podcast got the same time you usually do. SoundCloud on your phone, also Spotify and iTunes. Where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that's it. Our next episode of the Dublin Podcast will be with Jaxie. With the Innovation Chamber, don't worry, everybody, if you're, you're thinking you're not getting enough Monty. Monty is giving predictions for that, uh, with, of course, Gina as well. 
And then in two weeks, Monty is back with everybody for AEW Revolution pre-show, where yeah. we'll catch up with Dynamite. And, of course, Monty will beat us with predictions again. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely a big-time show. We know we, You already know they're going to try to pack a punch now. You know, they're pulling out the big guns. Now that it looks like the coldster is out the door. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for that show. I can't wait, man. The thing is, what we cover on like two and a half hours, we started on Cody. That just seems yeah. so, so long ago. But, right? No, we yeah. have. It's a whirlwind. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. Right, it's out. Well, we'll leave it there perfectly until then. James Rose, I was joined. By the brilliant Monty. Again, it is a pleasure and ever a chore to have you on, mate. All right? All right, man. Always fun. Always fun. I appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Adios.